we're drinking a shitload of LaCroix in here. Yeah. And they're not a sponsor. But I just, I'm like a sparkling water addict. Right. And I'm actually trying to cut back because I have a bladder the size of a walnut. <laughs> um, but uh, so then someone's like, I, I, I know Patty, the owner of Zevia, and he's a sponsor for the CrossFit Games, and I want to support him. Yeah. Um, but I really just want sparkling water. But they don't make sparkling water yet. So they have these tonic waters. I actually prefer the one that's um, <clears throat> ginger beer flavored. I haven't tried that one, but I've heard it's really good. It's it's um I don't know if good's the right word. It's like um like black <laughs> licorice. No, it's not bad. It's like black licorice. Like I love black licorice, but I wouldn't say it tastes good. Really? It's I just, hate black licorice, so I can't relate to that at oh, all. What's another um is there uh, like fat do you like fennel? Or, fennel? or do you like or do you like sour? Oh like the um Do you eat sour grass as a kid? Not sour grass, but fennel, yeah. I like you fennel. Do? Yeah, it's kinda like that. Like I just enjoy it's like alcohol. Like I don't you really like, like it, alcohol. but you don't like the taste yes. of it. Uh, but I, but there's something I enjoy the ple- the sensation. I understand. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm a Perrier person, mostly because it's not up to me. Like my parents buy it, so I drink it. But you live at home. I do. How old are you? I'm 21. Oh, you have plenty of time. Yeah, I'm still a baby. I um, I lived at home too long to reveal on this podcast. I like all all growing up, it was always like, I'm going to move out as soon as I can. I'm going to go away for school. Like it wasn't even an option. Mm-hmm. And then like graduated high school and went to the university in my hometown and stayed at home. Which and is? In Windsor. Um, which is? A city in, in Ontario, Canada. It's right here on the screen. Oh. Yeah, right there. I'm that little red 92% dot. 92% of our listeners don't even know where Canada is. It's just that really big piece of land that's inconveniently placed above you guys. They just know, right. That's where all your snow comes from. We just send it down to you because we don't want to deal with it anymore. People just know that's where Patrick Vellner and uh, Fikowski live. Yeah. Patrick Vellner, actually, he's, well, I guess he's like not super close to me, but he's in like the Toronto area. So that's as far as Canada goes, that's close. It's a couple hours. Before I forget, I want to um, show off my shirt. CrossFit Medicus. Is that from the... Um, the like medical L1 that Glassman did the other day? Yeah. Can you see my shirt? It's cool, right? Truth is our... Oh, that's cool. Can you see it? I like that. Can you see it? Uh, no, we could. I like it. Uh, Sugar Aid. That's funny. The owner of uh, uh, Tom Siskron. Nice guy. The owner Tom Siskron gave it to me. Yeah, really nice guy. Now back to my Filson vest. <laughs> She's 21, Matt. She's from Canada, which is north of the United States. Technically Detroit, right? She lives with her yeah. parents. That's Honestly, we, we call Windsor South Detroit. How far, she always how far won- away are you from Madison? Um, it was about a five or six hour drive, I believe. That's, an- that's another first. Eric asked, man, you're full of questions today. Hey, do you he want, asked, do you he want asked, me to just leave, Eric? You know what he said to me? <laughs> he goes, should I, hit reco- should I hit record? I've never fucking heard him ask that. Oh, oh, oh. And now he just asks something. He asked the guest a fucking question. Yeah. <laughs> like that's two questions from Eric. You can that's, ask questions. He's feeling good today. And now the guest is like directing, telling Eric <laughs> yeah. he can ask questions. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is going on? Are you even wearing As the if vest? it's up to me. I will, I will be honest. I enjoy talking into this more than wearing the headset. 
Oh, you wore the headset yesterday? I can't stop touching it whenever I wear it. Really? I, I feel like I like this. I don't have to really deal with yeah. like a microphone. Maybe know. I'm just not used am to I, it. Am I doing it right? Like, I kind of feel like it's going to fall off my head. But As long as we can hear you, you're doing it right. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, I think so. Eric? Can we hear you? Yeah. Okay, good. Cool. There's new compressor flow. If you're real low, I'll jack it up. Okay. But yeah, it's about it's about five, five, six hours ish. It's a it's a crappy drive though. It was like one highway the whole way there. Um, but it was really interesting because the way that I came, like coming around this side of Madison, you get off the highway and you turn and you see the whole stadium all at once and there's just like CrossFit signage everywhere. So it was a very cool introduction. Like you turn and it's just like completely in your face. It was awesome. How was Madison? Did you like going to the games? I loved it. I, I never went um, in Carson, so I don't really have anything to compare it to. But um, the only thing that I hated was all of the one-way streets. Ah, like driving around as a that's nightmare. Like, oh, yeah, that's like when capital. someone gives a, a product on Amazon a bad rating because, of the bo- because it came damaged. It's like, hey, listen. Yeah. Don't fucking one star it because it fucking came damaged. Yeah, that, like, no one's going to the reviews <laughs> to read about your box being damaged. I want to know, like, does that uh, CD player <laughs> tape deck does that CD <laughs> player work well? Um, no, but how was Madison? Like, I'm working the whole time, but like yeah. I'm thinking, holy shit! If I was 21 years old, I would come here with all my friends and rage. Um. Well, like, it was it was a little different for me. So I went by myself uh-huh. because I didn't know that I. Did you meet any guys? No. Oh. No. <laughs> um, I didn't know that I could go until like really close to the date because I didn't know that I could get the time off work. And then as soon as I got the green light that I could get that time off, I bought like a wildly overpriced resale ticket on like Ticketmaster and like drove down, like packed my bag the night before mm. um, and just stayed in an Airbnb. So it was a little different. Like I wasn't really there with like a group of people to party. Like I, I honestly just wanted like I wanted to go see the events and like hang out there and just like see everything. Um, but it was interesting because being a business student, like I, I look at everything very like businessy. So I was really excited to see like how it was laid out and like what kind of like strategies were used in as far as like appealing to like the crowd that was there. Um, you're so, so different that than was I was so cool at to 21 me. than I am right now. Yeah. I loved it. How she gave my, <laughs> did you meet any boys? She gave it a double no. Let me no. tell you, if, it, if at 21, I was leaving the house. I, w- I was going to see women. Yeah. It is also yeah. a different time, though. I mean, that's what, 90s, late 80s? You think you think the, the DNA in human beings has changed? It's changed, yeah. yeah. People do things differently. She's in 21 age, and she's going there as a on a on yeah. a on a uh, educational business field trip. Yeah, no, that's I wouldn't say that. It was just like my perception of it. Like at first, it was kind of like, wow, like oh my god, this is so cool. And then I kind of realized I was like almost like nitpicking like that was done really well or like that could probably be done a little bit differently um but i also recognize it was the first year there so did you get to enjoy yourself at all yeah absolutely okay it was awesome good i loved it and it was it was great um like a lot of people that went from my gym were staying in a hotel that was like 30 or 40 minutes away and they had to drive into the stadium Um, my airbnb was like a five minute walk away so oh, I literally just like yeah, cool. toss on my backpack and like jog to the stadium and go see events. Then I could like oh, nice. jog back and make like scrambled eggs for lunch. Like, yeah, that I'm was so cool. like a true cross. I want to say Roe rode his bike. It was to very the cool. Days. Yeah. There's so much water there. You could row to the event too. You could. <laughs> if you stayed in like the city, you could literally take a boat. Yeah. To the stadium. Just get your rowboat on. Did you have a favorite athlete? Can't, um, can't say Vilner. I, I, I was going to too. Can't say Vilner. Is Vilner uh, your favorite athlete? <laughs> he's he's my favorite male athlete. Also, mostly because he's like 
he's very intelligent and he's very well spoken and i feel like he like he takes the sport really seriously but he also like has value outside of that or at least he's good at communicating his value outside of that where a lot of the athletes like you look at them and all they kind of really talk about is the sport so like it's hard to sort of like relate to that where you can relate to Velner because he talks about like being in school and his life outside plus he's he's from like the Toronto-ish area so Mm -hmm. like I spent a lot of time there so you already sound like you you might be breaking the top 20 of our smartest guests. Really? <laughs> Maybe. I mean just t- I mean we've only had like 50 guests, but That's a really big compliment. Yeah, Thank the, you. The list is long and distinguished. So. <laughs> Eric Maciel um runs the show. He does the cameras and the audio and the B-roll. Did you do anything else? That's about it. Yes, ask the occasional question. Um Matt Bischel is here. He's the head of uh, CrossFit Games social media. He... Nope. No? no, sorry. CrossFit. Sorry. Oh. Senior head. It's two days in a row. I'm just off my game. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Matt, Matt Bischel <laughs> is here, and he's head of CrossFit social media. And he's here to hold my hand through the hard times. And keep you in line. Um, whenever I'm feeling insecure, I just lash out and attack Matt, and he can really <laughs> take it because he's young and virile and Very strong nice. and handsome. And then our guest is Alexandria. Yes. Tolton. 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 Mm-hmm. I, 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 mean, I was like thinking today, I'm like, I'm gonna screw this up. It's okay. It's it's kind of weird. Like it's not a name that you read and know how to pronounce. Um, and people call me Alexandra all the time. So. Well, I read it and pronounced it right. It. Yeah. But I can barely read. That means that you're one of the top twenty smartest guests on the show. Probably, I'm definitely the smartest host the show. Is you can barely you can barely <laughs> read, but you read Spiel in a in a night. Um, uh, <laughs> you just read like the first and last sentence <laughs> of each section. <laughs> when I was driving in this morning, I was thinking to myself, it's funny how like your car can get a dent in it and you can be pissed, but you never drive by a bus stop and say, "Hey, man, I'm fucking so thankful that I'm not fucking riding the bus." Yeah. And my point is, is that like everything is relative, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking about your situation and and, and what we're going to talk about today with you. And I was thinking about like, where does that fall under? um, And I thought, oh, shit, I should be careful starting like that because I don't want to belittle some of the challenges you've had. No, I I, I can totally relate to that. But But I was thinking like, man, yours is yours is pretty intense. And uh, you've gone through some pretty intense shit. And I was like trying to compare it to a heroin addict or or, or other like um, obstacles that, that people go through. That's fair. Um, and then, and then I took it straight to like like, what if you were in Auschwitz? What if you were like in a concentration camp? Would would your like your issues as a heroin addict aren't going to manifest at Auschwitz? There's no heroin. You know what I mean? Like you're just right. fighting to just not get thrown in the oven, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, 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 that's just where I was this morning driving in. I was just like putting everything like into perspective and like this is our society and like and just what pathologies we can entertain as a society as we have more and more access to different types of lifestyles, right? Like if we were waking up every morning and we had to hunt our food, our shit would be totally different. Yeah. Or if we had to go and hike and get water, our shit would be totally different. Yeah. That being said, I feel my whole life, like my relationship with food hasn't been easy. I don't think it's easy for anybody, really. 
there's there's some kind of hiccup for everyone somewhere and it's even gotten more complicated when you hear about places like Mexico where you hear some stats that you can't even believe where 65% of all calories are consumed through consumption of soda yeah I mean that it's like a drug cartel I mean I think you can find yeah I think you can find that like in the New York Times that stat and I, th- mm-hmm. I want to say that you can even find some crazy stats like that in the United States like it's 50% in the United States and like uh and um so like I don't even drink soda. Do you drink soda? No. Do you drink soda? No. Is cold, this soda? Cold turkey. No, that's sevia. Where does where does the line get drawn between like sparkling water, diet soda, regular soda? Like think, is, is it, if it's sweetened with like any kind of sweetener, is that where like the line is? I think the main It is to me, but I know some people are like Diet Coke's fine, there's no sugar in it. I think if you're gonna draw a broad stroke it's whether or not it has sugar or not. But what about sweeteners, like fake sweeteners? I think it's the number of ingredients. That's a good way of doing it. For me. Mm, so, I think my way's better. <laughs> uh, like this, this Zevia has carbonated water, citric acid, natural flavors. I don't know what any of that is. Stevia. <laughs> and uh, stevia leaf yeah. extract. And, so, and quinine. Actually, I, the only oh, thing I really... Hey, you're not going to get a... Um, mad cow disease? No, God, what is it that... Uh, I Quinine, uh, mosquitoes, malaria. Oh, really? Quinine fights Fact malaria? Fact check me on that, Eric. Is that true? I believe so. That's the tale. Like the, the British troops drank gin and tonics to uh, ward off the mosquitoes so they wouldn't I get malaria. I don't think that's why they're drinking them. Do you have siblings, Alexandra? I do. I have um, one biological brother who's four years older than me, and then I have a stepsister and a stepbrother who are also both older than me, so I'm the baby. But I'm the only one that lives at home, so it's a, it's a little... it's a, different dynamic because I almost kind of feel like I'm an only child every once in a while but when they come home it's like we're all siblings again and born and raised in Canada yes I was actually born in New Brunswick which is like way that way but I moved to Windsor when I was a baby because my dad worked for Chrysler at the time and Windsor was kind of like the auto hub of the universe at the time um so we moved to Windsor and I've been there ever since do you know the name Lee Iacocco no oh Sounds like a great name, though. Sounds like a show name. He was he was the president of Chrysler forever. Oh, but cool. Probably like he stopped. He may have died like right around when you were born. Actually, I don't even know if he's dead. But he was huge <laughs> when I was a kid growing up. His name was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, his name was everywhere. For us, Henry Ford is everywhere, with the toy right there. Yeah. So I live like kind of down here, and then like downtown Windsor is here. But- She's point. Honestly, we spend more time. Canada is south of Detroit. That's weird. I always thought yeah. it was north. That's what I meant. Like Michigan and Ontario kind of like hook around each other. Um, Where, wow, that is funky. I never yeah. knew yeah. that. I didn't either. Where's the uh, affiliate that you go to? Um, it is. Don't you wish Canada would just sell your chunk back to the United here. States so you could be American? It's called Windsor CrossFit. Nice. I think they were the first one in Windsor, but there's three and I've been to all three of them. But I kind of settled into into the one that I'm at now. I like it a lot. And how did you find CrossFit? Um, well, it's kind of funny because back in 2000, probably 11 or 12, I would say, I was working at like a like a Globo gym type place. Um, and a friend of mine that I trained with that I also worked with there was kind of like, you should start like working out with me because I didn't really know a ton about what I was doing. And I was sort of doing like the bodybuilding route. And he was like, yeah, I think you'll like this more. 2011 or 12. So how old are you then? 15. No, because I was driving. I would have been probably probably 16 or 17. Okay. Um, 
and I was like, I did double grace in a Globo gym with like the regular, like not an Olympic barbell with like the metal plates and everything. In 2011? No, uh, 2011, 2012. Okay. Um, and he like put like pylons across the room and it was like a, like a training room. It was kind of like separate and he, it was literally just like, okay, take the bar, like put it to your shoulders and then. What weight did you use? Just the bar? Um, I, I was trying to think about, I think it was like not a regular barbell. I think it was like a 25 or 30 pound or 35 pound barbell with fives on it. So okay. it was, it was light Okay. or maybe, yeah, something like that. Um, that's the first smart thing I've heard about this workout <laughs> <laughs> and doing it and just kind of being like, like that was cool. Like I liked it. Um, and so 60 reps. Yeah. Clean and jerk. Yeah. Not squat clean. No, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see me having done that okay. um, and not really knowing what it was. And then I, he, he knew a lot more about it um, and he was kind of like, oh yeah, it's called CrossFit. Like, this is what we're going to do. And I was just kind of like, okay, like when I show up, like you'll tell me what I have to do. Um, and this is just a friend of yours. Yeah. We worked together and he was and doing, where did you work? Um, at the, it was called Lifestyle Family Fitness at, at the time, Okay. but now it's been bought by Good Life, which is kind of like our, our area's like big globo gym okay franchise. sorry i missed that so you were working at the gym yeah okay working there and, and working first, out there is that your first job no i've been working like i've had jobs since i was really young i, I always loved working so it was just kind of like as soon as somebody would hire me i was i was out there like what's your first job um my first one i worked at a car dealership doing like i would label water bottles and like seal like mm. thousands of envelopes before they would get mailed like weird things um, and you know, like around Christmas time, how they'll paint like, uh, like the big Santa clauses and like happy holidays and things in the windows. I did that. Um, did you use a stencil or you got no, you have skills? Freehand. I'm, I'm an artsy person. Wow. Okay. Most artsy, yeah. artsy and Most artistic Ar person artsy. we had on a podcast yes. by far. Um, yeah. So I did that for a little bit and then I was a groundskeeper at a golf course, which was the best job in the world. Were, the, were you, were those legal jobs? Like were you legal age? I, yeah, I was, I was like on a payroll at like. I mean, I hope it was legal. I don't know. Were you 15, 14? Um, yeah, probably 14, 13 or 14. Like, can you do that in the States? Oh, she was in Canada. I think the right. deal, I think the mm -hmm. dealership was more like a, I think it was like a bit, a bit more of like a sketchy cash basis. Yeah, okay. under, the, under the table. Did your dad yeah. work at the dealership? Um, no, I, one of my mom's friends worked there or something. It was some kind of like weird connection that I think my mom like knew I wanted to work and I couldn't really get hired anywhere. Um, so she How much were you making that. an hour? Probably like ten bucks. Oh wow, wow. that was great! Wow, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that was that was like about our minimum wage at the time. Holy shit! All right. How yeah. Much, how much did you make your first job? <laughs> Hourly, four twenty-five. I want to say I made like seven twenty-five. Man. Maybe 365. I didn't, I didn't realize I had it so good. 365. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, was a <laughs> I, was a, I think I was a cashier my first job, besides the paper yeah. route. Um, but I, I wanted to get into fitness, and I didn't really know a ton about it. So I had a co-op placement through high school that I chose to do at the gym because I wanted to get a job there. And I figured if I co-opt there, they would get to know me, and I'll just like work mm -hmm. my butt off. And then they'll want to hire me after. What does that mean to co-op? Mean you work for free? Uh, no, it's like part of the curriculum. Yeah, okay. you're working okay. for free, but it's like for school. Okay, sounds like an internship. Yeah, we need to do that. Tap into a high school here and get them like to tag. You can do photos. it through universities too, like yeah. business oh. co-ops. Um, so I was I would go to work at the golf course at 4 a.m., work until about 1 p.m., um, and then walk to the gym, shower because I was like covered in mud from the the grounds at the golf course. 
and then work like a six hour shift there and then did you kill gophers at the golf course no moles no there was no animals oh every once in a while we'd find there'd be like ducks walking around and stuff but nothing crazy we have a lot of squirrels canadian geese canadian geese yes we have those geese are mean they can be really aggressive awful creatures yeah i tried to feed one on campus once and it was just like they get big you know how animals like their scare tactics Uh like this bird, I thought he was. I thought he was gonna kill me. And they have terrifying. big poops. Yeah, black, everywhere nasty. too. I heard they're great they for the lawn. Were they good they for poop. the golf course? The poop? Um, I I would think so. I don't know. It was a little bit above my pay grade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're working at the gym. Yeah. So after the golf course, definitely putting in more than forty hours a week. Uh, in the summers for sure. Um, but like working at the golf course wasn't even really work. Like I worked with a couple of my buddies and like we would just, it was, I was the only girl. It was just a bunch of guys. We just go out and like rake the bunkers and race each other in golf carts. Like it was fun. Sounds incredible. Yeah. I can't wait to do that. After, and then even after I'm done here, even working at the gym, like you're working at, like my job was to be nice to people and put weights away. Like it wasn't taxing by any means. Um, and then we would do these workouts after and my friend would show the would like he, we would do like squats or deadlifts or something first and then do like a Metcon. But at the time I didn't know what that was. Um, and I remember asking him like, why do we do this? Like, I'd rather just do the the workout. Like, I don't want to do all this like strength stuff. And he was like, I don't like, this is, this is what they do. I don't know. <laughs> um, so he, I don't know what he was following or where he was getting this stuff from. Um, but I loved it. And the only thing, like I was young, I had no idea what I was doing. The only thing that I was really like comfortable doing in the gym and I knew sort of the mechanics of was back squatting. So I'd back squat like five times a week mm. just cause like that's where I felt comfortable. Like I wasn't going to go to in like, hindsight. Did you have a good squat? Uh, I'd like to think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's changed very much to be honest. There, I get like little cues every once in a while, but for the most part, like there was never any major corrective action that needed to be taken. You weren't on your toes back rounding. No, no, I, um, too I, narrow. I don't think I ever really went heavy enough that it like compromised anything. Okay. Um, but that in mind, I never really like pushed it. So this guy that I was working out with was kind of like, man, if you like worked at it and like actually like kind of put some work into your strength, like you could be squatting whatever amount. I don't know what he said, but I remember being like blown away and thinking like I could never ever do that. And thinking that he was like out of his mind, which is so funny to me that I think of that now. But, um, and then when the gym got bought out, I stopped working there. And that's probably, that's probably typical, right? Yeah. That's probably like the typical response of someone who doesn't know about CrossFit and how quickly you can put on strength and adaptation of the body, especially at, at the age you were at. I mean, your deadlift could go from 45 pounds to 200 pounds in six yeah. months, right? And I, mean, I, I had yeah. no concept of what that even was. Even now, like people, people that I work out with now, like they'll now say, oh, I'll never be able to clean whatever weight. And then six months later, they're doing like 20 pounds over that, Yeah, you know, uh, especially for, for the beginners. The gains in the first year are insane, aren't they? Yeah. You know what? I'm loving it right now because I haven't been doing it like seriously. It's been about a year now. Um, and it's like I, when it first started happening, like I recognized like this isn't going to last forever. Like I'm going to get my strength is going to increase and it's going to kind of. Yeah, you'll eventually get like Matt off. Fraser. And that's and you just starting can't get to happen. Better, and it's right? just like it's really sad. Um, but yeah, so I, I stopped working there and then never really because I wasn't working there and I wasn't working out um, with that friend of mine. I wasn't doing that stuff. And then I did like a 10 class pass at a CrossFit gym somewhere along the way with my mom. 
and she wasn't crazy about it and it was sort of like something that we could do together so i never really went back because she never really went back what didn't she like about it um i think it was i think it just kind of intimidated her she i she now is is doing it i got her back into it wow she just had her third session with a personal trainer at my gym and she was deadlifting the other day and like i almost teared up i was so proud <laughs> it was so cool like just seeing her like go through like learning how to deadlift and like i was seeing her do it with a pvc pipe and then like picking up a barbell and i was just like oh my god it's my mom what's the crossfit gym uh windsor crossfit uh yeah for any parents who are out there listening who forget man there's nothing you can do that makes your kids more proud oh or, my god, like so they're not cool. they're not judging you for how much you lift they're just it's just great seeing your mom in there right her like literally walking through the door with me was the coolest feeling yeah it was yeah, just like I, this like now we can like do this together and we can like drive here together and yeah. like nobody in my family and like none of my friends really know about CrossFit or like what I do or why I love it. So it's always kind of been like my space. And I always thought like I liked that because it was like separate. It was kind of like my own thing. Um, and then her walking in there, I was like, OK, no, I, I was totally wrong. Like I want her to be here. I want everybody to. Are you transparent with your mom about your. Go ahead, Matt. I, said, I got a text from my mom today about the open. This is this is how long it was. Oh. And end with how come I can't see your score? And I said, Mom, it's because it's on the bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> oh, she was looking at the top. That's awesome. Matt Fraser, Patrick Vellner. Where are you, Matthew? Matthew, I don't see you. Boy Bean, though, it's That's cool. That's awesome. Your it's mom's cool. doing the open. Yeah. Did I know your mom does did, does do yeah, does, yeah. did CrossFit? Yeah, you know. I did know. Yeah. yeah. Shit. I know your mom does. I, well, yeah, you take video sneak peek video of my mom. I'm just paparazzi. My mom didn't even know you were taking that video. That's how discreet I am. I mean, you're just right up in her grill. <laughs> Look it. Bam. Hey, Aww. mom. Oh, my gosh. She looks so fit. Five feet tall, 101 pounds. Yeah, she's so... 74 years old. She's so soft-spoken and sweet. Five foot? She looks taller than that. That's because Matt's using a low camera angle. It's a, That's it's a awesome. Technique he uses. Yeah, my mom saw me do handstand <laughs> push-ups the other day, and she was like, "I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh my god, you're so strong!" And I was like, "Mom, they were kipping. Like, there isn't like it's like don't don't worry. Like, it's not it's not like that impressive." Are you signed up for the open? Yeah, I did. Thank I did eighteen point one. I was gonna have to tell you to get the fuck out. No, I started. Um, yeah, so I did that ten class pass. I never really loved it, and then. Um, decided, Look at her back on the story. I don't even have to redirect her. Alexandria just gets right. On All right. <laughs> I started at um, I started at a CrossFit affiliate, not the one that I'm at now, but a different one, and just decided like I called. It was like I like signed me up for a membership. I didn't want to like go in and do a trial or anything because I didn't want to talk myself out of it. It was just like I'm like I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna sign up. I'm just gonna do it. Did, wait, sorry, real quick. Does your are you transparent with your family and your mom about your whole issues with food? Um, do they know now? But mostly with my mom. Um, my dad doesn't, but I'm not super close with him. Not in that way. We have a, like an awesome relationship, but just not like super connected. Um, but me and my mom are like, I tell my mom everything. She's like my best friend. Do, do, do you want to tell your dad or do you not want to share that stuff with him? Cause you don't want to burden him. Or... Um, honestly, I, I'm not uncomfortable talking about it in any capacity. It's just that it's not something that you can bring up casually. Like in a passing conversation and me and my dad don't live close to each other. So it's like, I'm not going to tell him over the phone. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, so it's going to have to come up. It needs to be in a setting where it can be properly explained and communicated to people. So like the people closest to me are fully aware. Um, but for the most part, I don't really 
openly tell other people because you need to really, unless you're like sitting down over a lunch and you have the opportunity for them to like kind of ask questions. Um, so like this is a perfect setting to do it because I can kind of flesh it out and like it'll make sense right. rather than just sort of in passing uh, mentioning it. Um, okay, sorry. So go, we'll, get, okay. we'll circle back around. So, so you do these, do, when you buy these 10 passes, do you do an on-ramp class? Uh, I did, yes. Okay. Yeah, so I did, those... but that was that would have been quite a while ago now. Okay. Um, and then when I rejoined uh, this one, I did sort of like a mini version of it, knowing that I had of I have had done it before, um, and jumped into it just before the open in 2017. And everybody was like, "Oh, you got to do the open!" And I was just kind of like, "I can't do anything." Why does mm. someone leave CrossFit? Like, it's funny. I I. I did think you do it, was it because... when you left your affiliate? Did you still do it? Did you practice the methodology? Did you follow Mindsight? I, did you? I, when I did like the the ten class passing, it was like I was really just looking to do something, and I was still at like the kind of global gym setting where it was convenient, and I think I still actually worked there at the time. Um, did the classes? I liked it, but I don't think I was like in the right mindset yet to kind of like embrace the whole like change okay you know what i mean like i just wanted to like do like a simple workout and then the 10 class pass ran out and it was just kind of like well i can do this stuff at my gym like okay. i didn't i didn't really like listen to the message at the time i think i just wasn't in like the right space and for you didn't it. get sucked up into the community at that gym no in those 10 okay no i think it i they were super spaced out too it's not like i went like <clears throat> every day for 10 days where i like met people consistently it was kind of like I, I wasn't like committed or like super interested at the time okay that's a funny picture i like that one that was on halloween i wore that for my shift and walked God, around I, with, like... I hope that's halloween <laughs> is my yeah i was or the grand little, opening of some, I'm wearing, some movie and you got wearing in that too some movie you know what movie that's that incredible is. if you know yeah, that, that you have three kids uh, are those nano twos? So those are the intro gains. You know, you start lifting and it just. Those are the. It looks like the original um, I TRs. I don't know. Those would have been really old. I don't have those anymore. Yeah, oh, like the year they had the zigzag sprint, they came out with like uh, a zigzag sprinters. Sprint. I love those. Those are probably my favorite. Thirteen. What shoes that I've had? Those ones. And you don't know what they are? No. Oh, good. It was, it was very long ago. I I love the sixes though. I have them now, and I'm gonna wear them till they fall apart. Are you a sixes guy, Matt? Uh, I'm a I'm a two I'm a two four six guy. Yeah. <laughs> and what are those you're wearing? 1. 0, orange. These are sevens. Yeah, those might be the one point. Those are the one point. Yeah, those yeah. are the twos. Oh. oh wait, no, go back. You're right. I'm sorry. Those are the ones. Those are I actually I've had a, I had a pair of those. Wow, I kind of want to buy those. You can buy those still. No, mm, no I don't Just think Google so. Maybe on Amazon. Man, everything's on Amazon. Hobart, can you get me a size eight? And the, and the orange. These are actually one. coming out. These are the the James Hobart. These are the O nanos from last year. They're coming I like out. The little Irish thing on there. March, March something. Um. So you take a two year break. Yeah. Also, when I I think, if my timeline is correct, when I did like the kind of trial thing, like in an actual affiliate, I think that was sort of when like my issues with eating were like really starting to kind of like pick up and develop. So like the, the fitness first trial. Side it, yeah. Like when I did that 10 class. The, okay. Class. Okay. Not, not in like uh, my gym, like with my buddy, it was like, okay. Uh, afterwards. So it, that I didn't really care to be involved in it as much. Like it wasn't a priority to me. Uh, You're preoccupied with food. Right. Yeah. And then joining last year was right before the open. So I did the open last year. 
Um, I loved it, but honestly, like I did the first workout and I, I did really well on the first workout. I was really surprised and then was super excited for the rest of it. And then like gymnastics things started to come up and I was just like, I'm, I'm over it. Like I want it to be done so that I can mm-hmm. start learning how to do this stuff. Like I was so excited to like jump into having like a full proper year of, of training. I always feel so good when I finish the open, regardless of how I did. I'm like, yes. Yeah. It is a nice feeling. It's kind of an anxiety-ridden five weeks. Yeah. Although I'm going to pick a good place this year. Fake it till you make it? Ah, Pretty just, good place. It's like, it's like what I have is what I have, and people redo their workouts and they beat me, and I don't really care. Yeah. How long did have you been? Re- did you redo yeah, no. 18.1? I don't redo the workouts. How um, how long have you been at the current affiliate you're at? Um, Windsor? That's ooh, probably a little, a little over six months, eight months maybe. Okay. So I did the open at a different one. Okay was there for a few more months but it was it was a little bit more um, and then seamlessly switched to Windsor yeah so at the original affiliate that I went to I I really like it there everybody it, that I would say it was it was very community-based that's where I sort of fell in love with like the CrossFit community and that was really prevalent there um, but I wanted to learn how to do everything really fast and I wanted to get good at it really ambitiously especially after doing the open um, and they didn't really have open floor hours and I wanted to do it faster than the classes were allowing me to. It was kind of like, okay, today we're going to work on handstand pushups. And I was like, well, I want to work on handstand pushups and I want to work on pull-ups and I want to like learn how to do toast bar. Oh yeah. So I was kind of trying to do it on my own time and I couldn't really do that because there wasn't open floor. Um, so I switched over to, uh, Windsor CrossFit where I'm at now because they, they had sort of like a competitive programming um, or like their version of like a competitive programming program in addition to their regular programming. And I wanted to be a part of that so that I could work out with people that were like way better than me. That was sort of my and, ambition. And, and you got over. that there. Oh yeah. And I told like the coaches that, that run that program. I was like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not going to be at like the same numbers as everybody else. And like, I certainly don't have the gymnastic skills for it, but like, I'm perfectly okay with like coming and last every day. Like I just want to, I want to be in like this group where I can, I can, that's like that's like me here <laughs> at, at HQ. Yeah, but you're not striving to be competitive. Oh, no, I am. I get what's really important about that is like going through that as a CrossFitter is learning the difference between, you know, volume and intensity. Uh, uh, you don't think, sorry. It's okay. No. You don't think I'm trying to win when I'm down there? I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not say that. He's pretending like he's no, not I, trying to asshole. win. <laughs> your, your aspirations are not to be the best in the gym, are they? To, well, I, I'd like to. I just like to there's not, not be a last. Wrong with that on occasion. I just, well, then take somebody out. I am. I'm working on it. <laughs> Fucking a. Good. You're life anyway, fire. that is the way it is for me down there. Yeah. I try really, really hard. I'm okay with taking last, but like I'm not like it's it's like yeah. every like once a month when I do beat someone, it's like. Mm-hmm. It was it was really hard at first. Like, I I knew that that's what I wanted, and like I asked for it, and I kind of had to remind myself of that every once in a while because like man, when you get like lapped every day. You're like young though. You like should feel it, bad. It, it hits hard. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. I, Dave, Dave called me yesterday. Yeah. He said, how'd you do on the open? I told him my score. How'd you do? His response was, you're a bitch. <laughs> he did not say that. <laughs> that was his exact words. He would not say something like that to you. Oh, man. How, I, did, how did you do? What was your score? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Look it up I'll on your own time. Right no. <laughs> <laughs> That's my one job. <laughs> I actually thought I did great. I woke up this morning and I was like, I 
like I was moving the whole time. Were you proud of it? Yeah. Like when uh, you finished? Like were you proud of? I was proud when I finished until I looked up and then like two people like, what, how'd you do? <laughs> then it all went out the Just door. Just stick with, stick with that original feeling. <laughs> right. Um, so 10 sessions at a CrossFit gym, a year or two break. And back at a, um, a no, year. No, that was it. Was probably almost like through three years in between there. Okay, so sorry. Let me even go it's back okay. further. You worked at a global gym. Yeah. Someone there did CrossFit. You yeah. dabbled in it with them. Yeah. Then you eventually went to a um, another CrossFit gym that was like a real affiliate. Yeah. You did ten passes there, but you but your desire to be fit and work out there was competing with an eating disorder. Right. And then you take a break for a couple years, and what inspires you to get back into it again? I was fed up and like rock bottom fed up. No, this was, I like the eating disorder thing. had kind of subsided, but I sort of felt myself like slipping back towards that. Cause I didn't really have anything to like latch onto as like a healthy lifestyle. So it was kind of like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I don't want to live like that anymore. And like, it was, I was okay with that. And I felt like I was doing really well. And then it was kind of like, I don't like I don't really have anything else to be to be doing that's going to like improve my lifestyle I suppose and going to like the regular gym just wasn't really it. And like how I, did, what made you think CrossFit was it? Because I loved it when I did it before, but I I didn't like you said like it was competing with all of these other things that it never really like stuck and I knew that I would love it. Like I knew that if I if I went and like committed to it that I would enjoy it. Um, so I, I signed up, like I didn't do a trial. I like committed to it. Um, and that was in like, I was like one of those new year's people that went in like January 2nd or something like that. Are, have you been diagnosed with some sort of eating disorder or are you self-diagnosed? You're like, fuck, this is not healthy. Um, well it's kind of, it's difficult because there isn't really, there's like a definition that if you meet like certain criteria clinically, you like you have bulimia or you have anorexia. So clinically speaking, by definition, I was bulimic. And I went to like, uh, we had like a like a teen health kind of clinic. It's like open to the public. It's free. It's an, not really anonymous, but like in, you know, Win- in Windsor. In Windsor. I like that. It's not necessarily anonymous. Like, well, it's it's not anonymous, but like you don't have to get like a parent to come in with you. Right. Okay. You know, like they obviously know who you are, but they're not like calling your mom to tell her. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and my but my mom knew that I was going there. Um, but when I was for there, that issue. Right. Okay. But when I was there, it was like. They would weigh my body, take my blood pressure, take blood, and then sit me down and tell me, like, you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life, and we're just going to work on coping skills. And it was, they kind of treated me like, they treated me like there was something, like, clinically wrong with me that I could never get rid of. And something about that just didn't really sit right with me. Like, I was sitting on, like, literally, like, a doctor's, like, medical bed, and the girl was taking my blood pressure and asking me, like, how's your mood? Like, how have you been sleeping? Um, like, how do you feel like hormonally? And I was just kind of like, I don't feel like this is it. Like you're like, they pretty much, the girl that I was talking to told me kind of verbatim, like, this is just going to be your life now. And I was like, no, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't think that's right. So I, what is being bulimic? What, um, What are, what is that checklist? The checklist I, th- I believe I'm, I might get these numbers wrong, but I think it's 
consuming food and making yourself throw up three times per week prolonged over three weeks or four weeks or something. So technically speaking, so nine times if it was only for like two weeks, clinically, they won't see you as a bulimic patient. It has to be, you have to like report that it's been happening first. So you would eat something and then think, oh shit, if I can get this out of my stomach. It's like it never happened. It never happened. Right. So I get the um, sensation and the stimulus and the pleasure of eating. It's like having your cake and eating it too. But I don't want this to land on my ass. Yeah. For for me around my midwaist, my midline. Okay. So (laughs) when, when is the, when is the. When is the first time have you ever done that, Matt? Had food go to my ass after I eat it? No, eaten something and thrown up. When you uh, weren't drunk? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, New Year's Eve. Sober as a bird. Oh, that's food poisoning. Different. But no, I've never, never thrown up after reading. It's a very, it's a very strange concept. I've never done that either. Without like knowing what it feels like. I don't. I like, remember. How do you get the idea? How old are you when you get the idea? And is it? Do you hear someone else doing it, or do you yeah. just think, "Oh, this is simple math"? No, it was. It was other people around me. So I remember learning about eating disorders in like grade school health class or whatever, mm-hmm. and thinking like, "That's insanity! Like, why would anybody ever do that?" Mm-hmm. And then when you're a teenage girl and you want to be a certain way or you want to look a certain way, and somebody tells you like, "Hey, this is what I do." And then you go home and you have like a cheeseburger for dinner or whatever. It's kind of like now it's there. Like now it's in your head like this is an option. And that was the problem was like when I was a kid learning about it, it's like that's not even an option. That's crazy. Right. But when you hear it from somebody else that thinks it's normal and it's like given to you as an idea, it's like, oh, that's an option now. And it should have never been seen as as an option. Um, so I would say. How, if, how old were you the first time? Grade. Do you remember it? Grade nine, grade ten. Do you remember it? Do you remember what you ate? Do you remember? No. No. So eighth grade or ninth grade? No, grade nine or ten. So it would have been high school. Okay, fifteen. And so that's like fifteen, sixteen years old. Fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. I specifically remember like when I was a kid, I was super active and like I never, never gave a second thought about like what my body looked like. Like didn't care about any of that stuff. And I remember in like early grade ten. I specifically remember like it was yesterday, like walking down the hallway, like I know what I was even wearing, feeling uncomfortable. Why were you, were you comparing yourself to the people or was this just feeling like, like I'm bigger than I used to be. But now I think about it and I'm like, I was 15, like I was going through puberty. I was obviously going to gain weight. Like I'm not going to look like a 12 year old girl forever. You're you're pretty small. You're like a, you're a petite person, right? I, I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean like how, how tall are you now? Five six, five seven. And how much do you weigh? Five seven on a good day, uh, one forty five. Oh, that's not that. That's not that petite. That's like healthy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I'd you look. You very look normal. But she looks. Does she doesn't look that big? Does she? Do you? Well, I mean, I didn't. You look average. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, it's you, true. I honestly, like you walked I in. Very, like you look like every other person that walks in this office. Right. Yeah, this, yeah office, right? this office is a weird place. <laughs> that's too. the thing is like as a as a CrossFitter, I think I have a, a very kind of average stature. Right. Um, but like my friends will say like that I'm really muscular, and I look at myself and I'm like I'm not really muscular. You should see like. Oh yeah, I must be screwed up. These girls yeah. that are like I want to look like this. Like I think I'm like a mm-hmm. baby in comparison. Yeah, you look like you're just in shape. Yeah. Um, but I remember like a feeling of 
I'm not in shape. Like I like I need to do something. No one um, said anything. No one called you fatty. No one. No. No guy made fun of you. It was all, no, in, it was all like, internal. Like my clothes fit differently, and like I'm starting to gain weight in certain areas, which now again, like as I said, like obviously that's gonna happen. Right. But when you live in a world that's all about like women trying to lose weight and women taking diet pills, even at that age, when those are the messages you hear, like. You th- you think like I'm gaining weight, yeah. not you going like I'm pu- growing up. Are you going through puberty? That's the age. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Especially when you're developing your thoughts of like how the world works and what's important, and you know, okay, people look the certain way. Right. How do you look that way? Like your 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 thoughts and your ideas of that are just forming. Yeah. It's a pretty malleable. Period. And pretty easy to get messed up. Yeah. I mean, I I'm. It's easy for me to see that now, but of course, at the time, I didn't. Absolutely. Um. And it's good to know, though, it makes me feel good to know that it, it was a spontaneous thought in your head as opposed to kids making fun of you. Because, like, when I grew up, there was a yeah. shitload of just people I, making fun of me. I got of bullied a lot, but it was you, never about, like, my weight. Wait, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I had acne in, like, grade south? five. I don't think I say it that weird. I do uh, say some words a, weird, like, a boot? say Canada sometimes. Yeah. Or, like, cans, um, pants. Like, the A comes out Canadian Canada. every once in a while. Um, yeah. So, like, I got bullied for, like, acne and, like, having boobs in like grade five like weird stuff never about like being overweight or being out of shape but like i saw it that way um so around that time like this was when like tracking your food sort of became popular so i was like a 13 or 14 or sorry no i would have been like 15 16 year old girl like putting her dinner into like my fitness pal crazy which is insanity (laughs) not not that it's crazy but just growing up with that available to you and but thinking that that was like what you're supposed to be doing at that age i mean it's kind of weird to me now i mean it's never too early to track your food but to obsess but about in a it weird and way have it yeah. really alter your perspective right so, so 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 you're walking down the hall you have the sensation that okay i'm getting chubby or i'm getting fat yeah you, you but it's it and, after and your that, first was... step is to track food not to start your path down bulimia no, no, this was, it was, it was a very, very slow progression. Okay. So it would have been like probably about a year of like not eating carbs, not eating fats, like cutting things out, eating like 900 calories a day. And then doing the shitloads of sit-ups in your room with the door closed and running a lot. Did you do that mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And feeling like, like my perception of it was like, I'm working so hard like I'm working out and like I'm eating right and like being happy about it and like nothing changing or continuing to gain weight um and that's sort of when it became it becomes like what are the other options like what else am I supposed to do like eat less eat less eat less and that's what happens is you just keep cutting back and keep cutting back because culturally that's what people think to be true especially girls young girls at that age that like the less you eat, the more you work out, the skinnier you'll be. And that's just not the case. And that's just constantly like doing that and doing that and doing that. And then should anyone have seen this behavior or is it? Um, um I don't think so. Um, like like parents who are listening, like what should what should they do when they see their kids going down this path? Because I know you could exacerbate it by like hitting it straight on, right? Yeah. Like your parents are like, quit smoking. And you're like, all right, so I'm just going to not come home and smoke away from home. Right. You know, and it's like. Yeah. I th- I think it's the age thing. Like if somebody is trying to, if, if you're like a teenager 
and you're trying to get healthier and you're like going for a run and coming home and like asking to have more vegetables with dinner any parents gonna be like wow like that's really cool like my kids starting to like care about health and is like getting in shape and and eating healthier but like you don't really know what else they ate that day or like how long were they running Mm -hmm. for you know what I mean and if that's happening at like 14 or 15 years old like that might be an issue um but it's hard to see honestly especially because it's kind of normal now like it's normalized for younger girls to be like trying to eat healthy and like trying to to exercise so I think it would be really difficult for a parent to kind of peg as as being an issue um but eventually it did progress to a point that that my mom was concerned and expressed that um so what did she see that caused her to like say something to you uh well i i said something to her first so eventually like that sort of like cyclical pattern of like overworking out and under eating and not really seeing what i wanted to see and then getting involved at the gym and sort of getting involved in like a bodybuilding world is where it became unhealthy um, because in that space, it's all about like, don't eat carbs, eat as much protein as you can mm. and dehydrate yourself. And like you bodybuilders throughout, like when they step on stage, like they look their best and they're at their absolute physical worst and working in that environment and working out in that environment. I knew a lot of people that would tell me about like, they would step off of stage in a bodybuilding show and pass out. Cause they were just like so unhealthy getting mm-hmm. off, but then they would get like a gold medal out of it. And it was like, Oh cool. Like I want to do that again next year. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. So I had personal trainers telling me like, don't eat more than 20 carbs a day, 20 grams of carbs a day. And if you like, if you're going out on Friday night and you want to look good, don't drink any water after like Wednesday, like crazy wow. things that now I see are like criminal to be telling a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, but I was eating like my body weight in grams of protein because it was all about like, make sure you get like as much protein as possible. Mm -hmm. And like, but eating that much protein and having like next to no fat, next to no carbs, it was insane. Um, So doing that for long enough and then sort of falling slowly into this trap of like, okay, I can't eat anything that I want to eat, but like if I eat it and make myself sick, I can, it's like, it never happened. It's like, I'm like, I'm not digesting and it. What, and how old are you when you do that? Um, I don't, I don't know really when it like officially started, but probably grade 11, definitely at some either grade 10 or grade 11, like probably about a year after I started kind of like dieting. So feel free to jump in and, and unfuck me if I got this wrong. Any of you, even even you, Eric. Yeah, it's it's very it's very confusing. <laughs> it's normal to be walking down the hall and be like, "Hey, I don't like the way I feel." Yeah. Or look, right? I think everybody kind of at some point. Yeah. Right. Probably goes through that. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, "I feel like shit." You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't look good. And, and and maybe then the first thing you'll do if your lifestyle allows you, you'll go work out. Yeah. Because of that, right? You go run a mile, come back. Um, and, and then and then go to the gym and do a workout. Go to the CrossFit gym and do a workout. So 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 this is this is this is an okay thought because maybe you were overweight, right? I mean, I I, 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 I wasn't, I, but I mean, okay, I thought okay, I was. Okay, so okay. yeah. But let's say someone was. Okay. Let's let's say someone was that they, they had put on, they had been eating poorly. Yeah. Somewhere it becomes. Um is the word pathological somewhere it becomes unhealthy somewhere it becomes 
obsessive. Uh, yeah, yeah ob- counterproductive. Ob- because because, because there there are those kids in high school. I'm sure there's shitloads of them now who are walking down the hall and they're like, "Man, I'm fat," and you and yes, you are fat, right? <laughs> those kids are also drinking coke at lunch, though. Right, right. So, so I'm just it's um. I don't know where I'm trying to go with this exactly, but how does someone know whether they're going to, how does someone know whether they're like you and everything was okay or whether they truly were unhealthy? You know what I mean? Like, like that, 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 that seed doesn't seem like the problem and I don't see what the seed is. I don't I see- think, I think the seed, at least for me, was being in an environment where people were giving me the wrong information. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, if, if okay. you're walking down the hall and you feel like you need to start exercising and eating healthier, then yeah, go exercise and eat healthier, but don't listen to somebody if they tell you that you should eat 20 grams of carbs a day. Right. Okay. Okay. So you, wow, this is great. I, I, I I'm just going to go with this. Basically what happened is, is if you have a thought and you go to the wrong place to, to get your solution, you could be fucked. Yeah. You go to the right place, CrossFit.com. You're saved. Yeah. You'll be with like-minded people. You'll have a strong community around you, mm-hmm. and you'll be with people who've already filtered through all the fucking nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Um, so a year later, after you have this thought, you're like, okay, I'm gonna stick my finger down my throat after I eat. Do you remember that first meal that you had that you purged? No. I don't. Um, it was. It it started as kind of like a. Is that the right word? Purged. Yeah. Yeah. It started as like, you know, I'll have like my regular day and then like if I had like some like crazy food craving, like, I don't know, like if you're if you're in like a coffee shop and you see like a muffin that you like, man, that would be really good. But like I know it's packed with like sugar and I'm not supposed to eat it. It would be like, well, I'll just eat it and and throw it up and it'll be like it never happened. So it started slow. It was like one thing. You'll actually eat it there. You'll go to Starbucks, eat the. No. Eat the scone. No. And that no. No, it would be like. If I was at home and like ate something, it would then I would like do it at home, so or like, like go out and buy something and go back home. So it was, it was a never home, it was a home thing. It started that way, yeah. So you eat, um, you you have Hagen Doss at home, you're watching a movie, you eat half the container, and then you are you tripping like, oh shit, I got to hurry up and throw this up before I absorb too many of the calories. Yeah, you like panic. It's then, it's it's like and then it's you go al- the- it's almost like actual fear, like something is like. Like you're you're scared of what's gonna happen. Yeah, you have a, and you have a window, right? Because you don't want to yeah. you don't want it to like wherever it goes after your stomach. You don't want to go in there. Right. So then you go to the bathroom. You shut the door. You turn the faucet on so no one can hear. Yeah. You you think I've done this? Before. I was gonna say. God. <laughs> Sounds like you're projecting right now. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and you put your finger down your throat. And and it's that easy. And it's like it never happened. And but the, the, that's where like it it gets kind of tricky though because like if you did that, like it started like I'll do that every once in a while and it was like, you can kind of you can almost rationalize it when it's like it's not an issue like it only happens every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But then if you do it every once in a while and you think that it's like a positive solution, it's going to start happening more frequently and more frequently and in higher volumes. So it's not going to be half a carton of ice cream. It's going to be like three tubs of ice cream. And then it's going to be a whole pizza. Exactly. Um, and then when it, when Do it got to the point. different foods feel different when they come back out? Like does some shit hurt? Like you're like, I'm not ever eating that again because vomiting, that hurts too bad. Yeah. Dude, vomiting is like the most painful thing in the world. 
Uh, yeah, There's and water. and that's no, sorry. No, it's not. But water's not. It's... Water's not like like. Have you ever had like food poisoning and like you're just throwing up and dry heaving and you're tired of dry heaving, so you just drink a shitload of water so you can have like a, a healthy vomit. Yeah, it's your whole body feels like 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 every muscle in your body is flexing to just to expel whatever's in your stomach. Right. It's horrible. It's a horrible right. feeling. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I'd, ra- I'd, ra- I'd rather vomit water than well, that's dry that's he- the than thing dry is... heave. People will, oh, okay. I mean, they'll, right, they'll right. eat whatever they're eating and drink like a collagen jug of water so that it doesn't hurt. Oh, shit. Jesus. There Bingo. You go. There okay. You go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then you're even, wow, you're even making the formula that makes it easier to purge. Yeah. See, I was on to something, Matt. No, yeah. it's. <laughs> it's like, you know. And it's, good, it's good like question. sickening to think about now looking back and being like, like, I Googled it. No, it's. I you know what? What, what you do you mean? Know you googled what? Like what the formula like, is? How to make it easier? Oh, how to make oh. it? How to make it not? Do you think this show is bad because we're? T- um, I'm asking so many questions in detail. And we're empowering well, someone to do that. It's it's a very fine it's a very fine line because it is very sensitive for most people, and I think it's really important to understand like my opinions and my experiences with it are like very specific to me and the situation that I was in. Where for other people, I know that it's going to be very different. Like to me, it was it was like an emotional thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a it wasn't like I, I don't know. Like it was you weren't trying it to was, look good for, for it was solve, it, it like there was a solution to it for me. Where I think for some people, it is more of like a clinical thing where it's it's not as like solvable. It was a solution to what. Um, no, like there, there was a solution to me being bulimic. Like there was an answer to that. Like I could kind of like come back from that the way that I did. And what was that solution? I guess is what Matt is asking. Um, in, in large part CrossFit in small part, it was becoming more aware of like, why am I doing this? And like sort of exhausting it, like doing it for so long that it was kind of like, I, like, I really don't want to live like this anymore. Like, I can't see myself doing this any longer. And it getting so bad that it just became, like, I couldn't deny it anymore. I couldn't brush it off as, as like, it's okay that I live my life this way because there's no, like, serious repercussions by it. But it got so bad that it was, like, I like I physically cannot withstand living like my body can't withstand living like, like this smoking anymore. cigarettes. The first cigarette's not that bad. The second one's not that bad. Seventy thousand in, you're like, fuck, man, I got to make a choice. It's like do or die now. Seventy thousand in, and you wake up and you're coughing, and you go to the hospital, and the doctor tells you you have lung cancer, and it's like you can't smoke anymore. Right. Like it, it's no longer an option. And that's why when you were in this this teen clinic and they were diagnosing you, you didn't even like, and they were telling you who you were. And yeah. you were like, fuck, I don't, I don't like that identity. Well, they, I don't want to be this person. Yeah. Instead of like holding on to that, which I think a lot of people do when they get a diagnosis by a doctor, you weren't necessarily in denial, but you didn't want those tags. Right. You're like, and I don't want that shit tattooed I on me. I think that's what separates like my experience from most people's and what kind of makes like my opinion about it a little bit different and almost a little bit touchy to most people because I think that people like it's it would have been really easy in that moment for me to play the role of the victim and the patient and say like you're right something is wrong with me I need to be on medication and this is the way I'm going to live the rest of my life rather than not being comfortable with that and not pegging my identity to it and 
I did, or I, I was in like denial for a long time. Um, I'll never forget something that made like the world of a difference to me. I didn't really notice it at the time, but I was driving home with my friend and I was really upset about everything. Like, I was just really emotional and like didn't want to live my life like this anymore and it was stressing me out and you know like physically I was exhausted all the time. You're and, 17? Yeah, I would have been 17 at this point. Um, was your friend also vomiting? No. Okay. No. Uh, he was he was very aware of it, but like not not involved. Okay. Um, drops me off at my house and I get out of the car and like as soon as the door closes behind me, I just like collapse into like hysterical crying. I'm like sitting on the floor like I can't do this anymore. And he came in. I thought he had left. He came in and was like, I, I thought like I knew something was wrong. Like, I had to come like make sure you were okay. And I told him like, this isn't me. Like I don't feel like this is me. Like what I'm doing isn't me. And I was offended by his response, but he said, well, it is you like you're, you're doing it mm -hmm. like th that's your actions. But at the time it was like, no, 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 no. Like this isn't me. Like it's not, it's not who I am, but it was who I was because it's what I was doing every day. And I think it's really easy for people to separate themselves the way that I did and not take ownership of things, especially like in, in, especially in situations like that, where if you have like an addiction or an eating disorder and it just becomes like, well, that's not me. Like I'm, I'm a healthy person like at heart. And it's just like, that's, that's just like one of the things that I do. Well, you kind of have to look at if that's the thing that you do every day, like right. that's, that's yeah. who you are. Right. Um, and that really kind of hit home. And then again, um, when it sort of like it had progressed to a point, like I was, this is what I was doing all day, every day, all day. It was like, wake up in the morning. You mean thinking about this, this whole eating disorder became thinking full about time, it, full consuming. Yeah. Whether you were doing it or feeling insecure about it or like I, I was skipping was school some... in high school, like not showing up. If I went to school, I couldn't pay attention. It was like my mind was just like foggy all the time. I was super unhealthy. Like mentally, I was drained. My hair any, was thinning. Did you do any extracurricular activities at the time? Um, not at this time. I did do track in grade 12, but that was sort of did, after. Did you drink in high school? Yeah. So when you would cut school, you drink? With your no. Friends? No. No, I, I was, I was staying at home and like eating and throwing up and then eating again and throwing up and then eating oh, again. Oh, like multiple times in a day. All day. Oh, so you were really ramping up. Yeah. And I, I wrote a letter to my mom. Um, well, she actually, before this, she knew about it. I, she was driving me home from a party and I was drunk and I was in the car with her and I just started crying and she stopped at the stop sign and like was consoling me and was just kind of like, like, tell me like what's going on. And I told her everything and she like just sighed like a sigh of relief. And I was kind of like, like I was almost a little bit pissed for a second. And she was like, that's it. Like, <laughs> we can fix that. Like that's, that's, that's solvable. Like I thought you were like out doing drugs. I thought you were like down this horrible path. Like she was like, this, this is okay. Like well, you can, you can mm. pull yourself out of this and just feeling like, Oh, like it's not permanent. Like I, I can get better. Like, and I, like, I thank God that she reacted that way because if she had have been like, Oh my goodness, like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm how like how are we going to fix this then it would have just like pushed me further down towards that like patient victim mentality i have a story for you 
I, God, I, I wonder if this is going to be one of those things I go to bed tonight and be like, fuck, I shouldn't have told that story. <laughs> Too late now. Let's go. I told a few of those yesterday. <laughs> uh, I woke up this morning like replaying yesterday's podcast in my head being like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Um, I've been smoking weed every single day for like a long time. Well, well at, at, least a, at least a year, let's say. This is over 20 years ago. And... <laughs> I um, definitely thought he meant. Yeah, the right way now. you way you yeah. started that. That's, I thought you were like, no, no, oh, I smoking weed no, no, this morning. No, I, see what, I see what you're doing here. I don't smoke. Go, no, I don't smoke. I don't do any. I don't fuck around with that shit at that's all. Cool I drink. I drink wine <laughs> and water. Um, so, so, so I, 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 I'm living in Santa Barbara at the time. I think I was going to school or something, uh, or just living down there. And I and I come home and I go for a walk with my mom and we're walking my dog, and we sit down and I go, mom. I go, man, I'm like, I'm smoking weed like every single fucking day. I think it's a problem. And my mom looks at me. She goes, yeah, that sounds horrible. You should stop that. And that was it. I was like, <laughs> that was it. And we just moved on to the next conversation. And that was it. I never smoked weed again. That yeah. was that was the catalyst for stopping? Yeah, she just, she didn't give it any energy. She didn't. Yeah. It was just like, it, it, there was something the way she reacted all calm and like chill and I think it would be really hard for a parent to do that. Right. But my mom reacting in that sort of way, like it was like it was just kinda like, okay, like this mm -hmm. is a thing and we're yeah. gonna deal with it and yeah. whatever. And it was the, and, and it, it was, was so supportive and it was just like I think that's a huge part of the reason that I was able to even be like, Okay, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know how that shit works. God, I hope I have that parenting skill. Yeah, but the psychology behind that is crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd think they'd freak the fuck out. I yeah. probably would freak yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I remember. My if things, I had been yeah. in her shoes, no. I wouldn't have known what to say. So, so, so you're driving in the car and you tell your mom. Yeah. Hey, mom, I'm, 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 I'm bulimic. Did you know you were bulimic? Did you know that word and that term and that yeah. diagnosis at the time? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then is that's this after I, you went to the clinic? No. Then I started going to the clinic and and seeing like a counselor that I could talk to and all that stuff. And none of that ever helped me. Like it honestly, I think, I think putting so much like medical attention on it almost made it worse because it made it like an illness that I had. Like it was like yeah. it because I have this illness, it justifies my behavior rather than just saying like okay like why are you doing it that's why you're doing it let's address that problem I, let me say this before we go on because i know some people are going to get fucking lose their mind yeah. alexandria said that this is her story and she's not projecting this on anyone Thank and she's you. not saying that anyone who is bulimic shouldn't go that route she's just saying that that route did not work for her and she's telling you her personal story yeah she's not fucking up on her soapbox she's not preaching she's not giving you the cure she's sharing her story i'm I'm guessing we'll get to why somewhere along the line because because she knows it was hard on her and she's super excited because she found CrossFit and it was what she needed on to pull out of the tailspin. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So don't get all fucking weird and start yelling at her that she's belittling it or not taking the levity of it correctly. She no, I mean, it's, it's, a very, it's a very serious problem, um, but it's one of those things. It's like, it's like alcoholism. Like the solution to it is going to be different for everyone. Like the twelve step program isn't gonna work for everybody. And mm. you know, throwing out the wine bottles in your house isn't gonna work for everybody. Like you have to kind of find your path in it. And I know girls that the going to that clinic was the best thing for them. So I understand that it can be anything for anybody. Um, but things got worse because like 
I didn't have a solution. I didn't have something productive, any kind of like actionable things that I could do that would sort of improve it. Um, and it was sort of at like the lowest point that I, I, I couldn't face another conversation about it with my mom. So I wrote her a letter and left it on the counter in the morning, just saying like, I don't know what else to do. This is after the car ride coming back from the park. Yeah, this was, a, I'm not sure how long later, but long enough that it was like, it shouldn't still be happening. Mm. Um, and just saying like, you know, I, I think I'm depressed. I think like maybe there is something wrong with me and sort of giving back into like that original opinion that like, man, I tried to do it on my own and I can't do it on my own. So maybe that is right. Like maybe I need to be on antidepressants. Like I, I want your support. Like I don't know what to do. And her and my now stepdad who like I, I in the letter told her like, it's okay. Like if you share this with Nick, like you guys are both really like you're my role models in life. Like I, I need you guys to be a part of this. Um, came down or came home and they're both sitting at the kitchen counter and they were like, listen, you are young and you've had a really hard life. You're not depressed. Like you've gone through a really hard time and it's normal for you to be going through a hard time when all this bad stuff has happened to you. You don't need to be on antidepressants. You don't need to change who you are. Did like, someone try to put you on antidepressants? Yeah. The people at the clinic did. Uh, my family doctor did and I tried them for about a month. Um, but it was a horrible feeling. Which uh, which pill? I don't remember. Paxil. That doesn't really sound familiar. Zoloft. Zoloft is that the one. That sounds a little bit familiar. Yeah. Good. You, you shouldn't know. Maybe it sounded like <laughs> Matt I and I are know. becoming experts on this. Yeah, that's um, really with, just... with each guest we're becoming. <laughs> but it was like it was like my brain was like foggy all the time. It was like, like it wasn't myself. It was like masking who you were so that you could like live like a normal life. And I I hated the feeling of it. And I don't really particularly like the idea of having to take like any drugs in general. Like I don't really take even Advil because I just feel like it's kind of like masking whatever's there. Um, did you have a did you have a significant other boyfriend during any of this? Um one or two throughout like different times um but not nothing serious until like the end of it um so that that was a huge turning point for me and them sort of like confirming like nothing's wrong with you like you're just going through something hard your parents yeah my okay. mom and my stepdad um and i think that's a really important distinction for people to make because if something bad happens to you and you're sad like that's a perfectly normal human reaction if nothing bad happens to you and you're sad that's not normal and i sort of got this message from like culturally i suppose that like i was sad and i was doing this so i must be depressed and making the distinction that like it's kind of normal that I don't feel good when I'm putting my body and my mind through all of this stress. Was you were difficult. driving your car into a brick wall. Yeah. Basically. And, and trying you, to blame it on something else. And you were sad. Yeah. Um, Bad lifestyle choices. Exactly. And you started to get sucked up, sucked up into what Greg Glassman calls the mess, which mm -hmm. is this sort of like rotating like in and out of the hospital scenario yeah. for something that you caused. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it was your lifestyle choices. But listening to the messages that were telling me like, you know, it must be my childhood or it must be like kids at school telling me different things and like just blaming it on everything else outside of me. And and even if it was that, even if like the whole world would mean to you the whole time, at the end of the day, you, 
I was making the choice to do yeah, it. Like, for sure. Fuck, it's like our responsibility, right? Yeah, and it was difficult for me to make that distinction at first, where eventually, I mean, again, like you, if you do this sort of thing for so long, like it's kind of like I'm, I'm choosing to do it. Like I'm making the very conscious choice to like go out and buy food and like go home and go through that cycle. Like it was, it was a conscious decision. What if and that what, was a hard pill to swallow to face the fact that like I started it, I caused it, I continued doing it. Like it was, it was on me. When's the last time you've purged food, eaten food and thrown up? Um, I don't even really remember. It's not like Alcoholics Anonymous. You don't have a date, your sober date. No. Um, I'm. I feel like if I, if I were to like put a date on it, it would like stress me out more. Is it gone or it's a day to day battle? Uh, a little bit of both. So, I would say like, with food, it's a day to day battle, but with bulimia and like making like physically making myself sick it's not an option anymore do you remember saying this is the last time i'm doing this and then doing it again yeah this is the last time i'm doing this for sure you do um there was so sort of at like the worst of it i explain it as like my body was so malnourished and i was so pumped with like no vitamins all sugar like all carbs that yeah what did you allow stay down to stay down like meat and vegetables but like i wasn't like if i was staying at home doing this all day like i'm not eating vegetables so so like in the beginning it was just kind of like eating normally and then it would happen every once in a while and then like as that like as like the bad food creeped in the normal food creeped out Right, mm. right. So then and it, if you're throwing up, you can eat like shit. So, so then <laughs> right? it was. That's the logic, yeah, right? Doesn't yeah. Matter. I'm gonna throw up anyway. Might as well throw down a six pack so, of coke and some donuts. Right. So eventually, like when I would say like I was at like my worst, it was just all day eating bad stuff and then throwing it up. Oh, give so me anything, an example of bad stuff: junk food, Doritos, and a any, gallon of water. Junk food, like anything sugary, desserts. Um, Entenmann's. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's what like a, it's like there's like pastries it's like oh. old, old people cakes and shit <laughs> yeah. yeah just like any cheap shit anything that you would consider like you shouldn't eat basically come on eric show some fucking i I, I used to at the um at los alamitos california there was the olympic training center and we'd practice there in college and they had an entenmann's bakery right off. next to it and they, were, they would just like pipe out the smell after morning practice like a very yes. humble brag just wanted to slip yeah. it right in there yeah. <laughs> that was at the olympic training facility it, it was glorified it wasn't that you yeah. know yesterday after work and i don't even know when after work is for matt because um crossfit social media never rests <laughs> but um we have a table out here yeah and matt was lying on the table like this <laughs> on his on his side like some like roman how else are you supposed what? to lie? like some roman hunk like on one of these steel rogue tables we have out here and there was like eight employees circled around him holding a, in, and like he's holding court on his side I was there first for the record and then it, like and they were all surrounding those, you and those people sounds very like ritualistic oh it's some weird shit I put it on my Instagram and, it, and his shirt was like pulled up a little bit so you could see some tummy yeah it was You're a fun conversation at home watching that thank you in advance <laughs> all we needed was someone with like a palm leaf and yeah. throwing grapes in his mouth that was the only thing missing or an, or intimates there it is there it is look at thanks for, eric forever that thank was, you eric runs it nice little belly shot yeah look at matt 
this. Matt, why are you just sitting on the table? Isn't that weird with like a half sh What made you think like you were standing there? Like maybe I should just climb on. Well, I started sitting ben, and then I eventually Megan, just got too lazy for got, sitting, just I, laid down. I, like, got uncomfortable. <laughs> Megan. The truth is, is Matt works Matt, so freaking hard all the, the time. He just thinks he can do like whatever he wants, and I kind of like agree with it. Yeah, I don't dispute uh, that. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. Sorry. This is, it's okay. I, I don't know how we get onto this, Matt. You asked me. Uh, <laughs> you asked me about like the last time yes, thing. So yes. I had told myself like I'm never doing this again. Like I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm just gonna eat what I want to eat. Okay. So it, that happened for like a couple days go by and I was working full time at the time, like working in an office setting. Oh, sorry. This is the last time I'm going to do it. Fuck this shit. And I'm going to eat what, not only am I never going to purge again, but I'm going to eat gonna whatever eat, I want I'm just going to eat what I want and I'm just going to live like a normal life. I'm going to let the pendulum swing all the way in the other right. direction. Okay. So I start eating normally um, after a couple of days. Do you even know what that is at the time? No. Okay. So like, normally in quotes, no, like, you should do this when you say yeah, that. It's yeah. Probably, it's probably like, <laughs> yeah. And I quote normal, like, it's like salad without dressing. Like no, that. I remember, I don't like remember what I ate throughout those days. I remember having like, like at work they had brought in like sandwiches and like just kind of like regular food. And like, normally I wouldn't eat that stuff. And it was just kind of like, a normal person would eat this, you know, if a normal mm. person's out for lunch and there's sandwiches there, they would eat a sandwich. So I'm going to need a sandwich and went home from work, um, was at home and I was getting like these really weird stomach pains, but like stomach pains for me were not abnormal <laughs> considering. Right. So this I is your 18 years old now. 18 or 19. Okay. So, um, and my mom was so there. So two or three years of hardcore, some pretty hardcore bulimia. Like, yeah. Okay. So my mom leaves. She was going to yoga um, and said, like, just try laying down, um, like, drink some water. So I lay down on the couch, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, like, I – like, I I wouldn't say that I don't take, like – like if I if I if I was like hurt or something like I would say that I don't take it seriously but like I wouldn't go to the doctor for like a sprained wrist. Like no, I'm, who the fuck does it? Nineteen. Uh, in I Canada, you yeah. go to the emergency room for everything. Oh, you <laughs> it's do. Free oh. man. No, yeah, I've heard Mike talk about this before. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, well, you don't go. Uh, no, you go, my go to the emergency room and you hang no. out for twenty four hours. That's yeah. what you do, and then yeah. you feel fine by the time you leave. Yeah, I don't go to the doctor at all. Yeah, so it kept getting worse and worse, and I called my mom, and because I like I was worried, and I was like, I like I can't breathe. And she was like, okay, well, she was still driving to the gym, so this must have been, like, only a few minutes later. She was like, okay, well, after yoga, when I get home, like, if it's still bad, I'll take you to the emergency room. And I could tell she was, like, like, she was just kind of entertaining, like, the thought of it. Like, she, did, I think it kind of felt like she didn't really take it seriously. Like, she didn't really believe me. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I, I hung up, and I got up to try to go to the bathroom, and I couldn't walk. Like, I, I was so, like, lunched, like, hurched over because of the pain in, like, my abdomen that I couldn't walk to the bathroom. And I was in the bathroom and I was like, "Hurched over," she said. I don't hurched, think that's a word for the hunched, record, but hunched, hunched, hunched. Okay, hunched over. Okay. Wow. I thought I thought it was I thought it was two words you're putting together. Hurting. Like sliding down the ladder of the smartest people. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. You're still really smart. <laughs> it's like the hurting church, hurching, hurching. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go, okay. Go on. Uh, so you're hurched over. So I'm standing in the bathroom and I was just like, ma like maybe I should make myself sick. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what to do with my, like my body. Just like isn't working. Mm -hmm. Um get back to the couch and like no one's home and i'm like screaming and so Are you much scared? pain terrified and i like i tried i went to like go try to call my mom again and she walked in the house and she was like i could like in your voice i could tell like something wasn't right um put me in the car and we're driving to the hospital and on the way to the hospital it just gets like like i uncontrol like i've never felt pain or i couldn't control 
my voice like I was screaming and I couldn't did you stop consider did screaming. you consider purging at that point yeah because I like I didn't I didn't know what was happening well, yeah and that's, that's what you know and that's kind of your default yeah. move yeah. right yeah um, but you didn't no and my mom worked at the hospital that we were at that we were going to so we walked into the emergency room and like I said like emergency room full of people waiting and I couldn't stand like at the desk where you check in I couldn't stand so I was like literally like sitting on the floor and my mom was talking to the girl and like the girl kind of like stood up and I like looked up and she saw my face and she was like bring her inside um went inside and I was sitting in the what's it called waiting room triage like uh, the place kind of before yeah, where the they do blood room. pressure heart rate right. shit like that so she's trying to like put the cuff on me to take my blood pressure and things and I'm just start throwing up everywhere like involuntarily mm-hmm. um and then they like they laid me down took me into like the actual emergency room and like we're laying me down on like in one of the private rooms and the doctor came in and was like do you like asking my mom like do you want us to give her painkillers and like nobody knew what was wrong like nobody could tell me what was happening and I was just terrified have you self-diagnosed yet are you like oh fuck this is the repercussions of being bulimic for all these years i couldn't see what else it could possibly be so you're but you haven't shared this with the doctor in in my mind i'm thinking like this is gonna kill me like what i've done for the last couple of years is like turning my body off right um and i could only assume that that's probably what was going through my mom's head but nobody said anything to the doctors about it tomorrow we'll ask dr bob spears what was really going on that would be great. <laughs> um, so they gave me all kinds of painkillers and I just like I physically remember like being like every muscle in my body was clenched because I was in so much pain and then just like all relaxing all at once. Oh, I know. Uh, did they inject any of the pain pill- painkillers? I think so. I, I, it was an IV. So, yeah, there's this one. OK, it was. I'll see if I, can I remember. I remember it, yeah. my, my mom telling me they gave me like a very high dose because they were very concerned um there's this amazing pain killer that they give you in the hospital by injection or by iv and it's insane i've seen that do that to people it turns yeah. them like from satan to an angel like that Their it was whole shit i just like felt it happen and i fell now? asleep really fast okay um and i i told my mom i was dating somebody at the time like um call him and like let him know what's happening and i i remember waking up and like is the craziest thing I I had been crying so I had like tears coming down like into the side of my face because I was laying on my back but I felt like my ears were wet and I like panicked because I just remember I, I mean I had been a lifeguard when I was younger and hearing like if there's fluid in your ears it's like spinal fluid or something like that and like losing it because I thought something was like really seriously wrong and she like her just kind of laughing at me like dude you were crying like it's tears your mom says this that's all I remember from the emergency room is that. And then waking up and being like in a hospital bed, in a hospital room. Um, you still haven't told anyone what you think the problem is? Um, I hadn't, like, I couldn't really talk. I couldn't really, like, communicate with it. I just, I wonder if my your mom, mom expressed it to them. It. I wonder if your mom said, hey, my daughter's bulimic. And I honestly, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Um, so I was, I was in the actual hospital for four days. And eventually, like, they couldn't really figure it out. My stomach was, like, hugely distended, like, hard to the touch. It was like having, like, a beer belly, basically, on, like, a rather small body. So it was, it was very strange. That's not what you wanted to see? No. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, they took me for, uh, like, a whole bunch of scans, a whole bunch of tests. 
but again like I don't really remember a lot because I was like on pain medication the entire time I was there but I remember being in one of like the scans that they had done the girl telling my mom like you should come see this and her saying like I wasn't allowed to see it and I think the only reason they let my mom see it is because she worked there but the girl said like I've ne- I've never seen this before I don't like I'm blown away like she thought it was wrong she did the test twice like all of my intestines that like would normally do like kind of a small loop around like the outside of your body cavity were like overlapping like my lungs they filled my entire body like they were just mm-hmm. so big and that's what they were worried about and why they kept me there because they thought that they were good like it was going to rupture and i said like essentially like if your intestines rupture like and it's what were kinda, they and they were full of, came over and they were full of pro- processed food that couldn't make the full journey out your ass presumably i get like when by the time i left the hospital they put question marks on my discharge pages and was your stomach still distended um so after that scan was Did done you shit while you were in there no not for like a week just vomit no in in the emergency room like in the triage i was throwing up so what happened was they brought me back up crap so basically sorry i'm gonna die it's okay are you gonna tell us what happened at the end what you think well let me just add this first so okay yeah please they brought me back to like the regular (laughs) get in line the the regular room um they put a tube down my nose Mm -hmm. into my throat all the way down my throat and into the bottom of my stomach day four intestines day four day two day two Ooh. And it like very slowly sucked everything in my body out. And it was. And you see that happening? I, I couldn't see the container. It was behind me. But you're awake. But I was I was awake. Like they woke me up to put the, the tube down my nose. And it was oh. like three in the morning. And like it's so strange because like when you blow your nose like and you, you, you have like sinuses, like you feel it here. Mm-hmm. I could feel the tube like in the back of my throat and mm-hmm. like down. And I could like feel it go down. And it was the most uncomfortable, uncomfortable, horrible feeling in the world. Um, and then I this whole bulimia thing is a fucking disaster. I wouldn't let myself like turn around and look at look at the thing, but everybody told me it was just like is like a um, clear container just filling up with processed vom- food, vomit. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's just like fluid at that point. It's like. Um, What's it called? Bile that like digests that, your food. Is that, for is that you? stomach just, pumping? Are you just are you describing getting your stomach pumped? I think I don't I don't know. Like if, if you were like drunk and you went to the hospital and they pumped your stomach, I don't know if the process is the same. I don't think so. Okay. I think they'd do something else. I don't know what it would be, but Okay. Um I remember my mom telling me that this was like kind of abnormal for them to do that. Um, but that was like the the reasonable solution. I mean it was the, like the less intrusive solution. Wow. Um and then the hope was that after that that it would sort of like come down and that they wouldn't have to do anything and then the monitoring was really so that they would make sure that it didn't rupture because if it ruptured then it would be like emergency surgery and Mm -hmm. and basically like trying everything to save my life but the surgeon that was on my case that would come see me was like confused like we were all just confused like nobody really knew kind of what was going on and like i couldn't communicate it and like other like i was horrified like i didn't Mm-hmm. want to have that conversation like i didn't want to have to be like hey like by the way did you ever well that whole week you were four days you're in the hospital i didn't i feel like your mom had to have said something hey so 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 sorry how how long has this show been going 120 an hour and 20 minutes in i'm just starting to like understand you you didn't like really eat for three years yeah like I'm just starting so to get this it. So this is this is and my no hypo- doctor, hypothesis. Yeah. Okay. Go. Sorry, I was gonna give mine, but you go. My body couldn't digest food. Yeah. 
I wasn't fully digesting anything. It really. forgot. It stopped. Yeah, if you train and, in a certain way. And that happens. I like. I mean, after after going through this, like I've done enough research on it and like what sort of happens internally in your body. Like, um, I think on, I, th- I know this sounds silly, but I think the actual medical term is like food slowing or digestive slowing. Like it happens slower. Mm. It's like if you if you happens if you slower do, didn't happen fucking at all. Just yeah. got stopped. Imagine doing no conditioning for like three years and then trying to do Fran as fast as you could. Like yeah, right. it just like you can't. Like it, my body just couldn't digest. And I don't, and you know, I'm no doctor, but yeah, there's all sorts of shit that has to go down, right? Like all sorts of enzymes and, 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 yeah. and chemical reactions and things going down to get food from your mouth all the way out your ass. Yes. I mean, if you're, if you're constantly vomiting, you're depleting your stomach of those enzymes. And yeah. I hear they're pretty good. When, when <laughs> like you need them. Yeah. When, when you're bulimic, <laughs> are you pooping every day? Um, for, yeah, for the most part. Are you taking laxatives also? No. No. No, I I, I never did. That, huh? I never did. Seems like that would be a great yeah. double double down on that shit. Yeah, yeah. So so you are processing some food every day. That kind of like kind of goes against the hypothesis. Yeah, right? I mean, but when it like when it was at its worst, I wasn't like I I felt like I was walking around drunk all the time because my mind was so like hazy. I remember walking around in my basement once and like I couldn't really like felt like when you like just start getting drunk and you kind of like stumble a little bit. But you notice it, like you're not uncontrollable, but like you can't really stand up as so straight. So full malnourished all the time. Oh, would it be crazy if you would drink? Like if you had one sip of alcohol, I couldn't. you couldn't. You'd be just I fucked. Couldn't. Yeah, I would black out easily. So I, I, I mean, at the time, like I, I wasn't really drinking. Um, malnourished and throw a fucking Budweiser in the mix. Ooh. Yeah, throw a Coke in the and, mix. And and like now, too. I don't even. I'm. I was never like big on on drinking or partying like i never did drugs when i was i know you're too busy at the crossfit games judging the uh she's been working since just business aspects yeah that's true pretty type a Um, but yeah so i'm alcohol was never an issue for me um and i i never really enjoyed it frankly so i just kind of this year when you go to the games the first thing i want you to do is i want you to get there and i want you to go to the strauss meats like eatery they're gonna have a big old huge grass-fed meatery there probably get a huge hamburger the best best hamburger you've ever had in your life yeah and then a beer i didn't even have a beer at the beer garden it's amazing kind of regret that a little bit amazing. i feel like that would have been cool you gotta go flag savon down this year and tell him to buy you a beer <laughs> i'd i'd love to um so we've taken this journey from when you were walking down the hallway your sophomore year all the way to you going through some hardcore bulimia, dabbling in some CrossFit, definitely being um, hooked up with the bodybuilding crowd and Global Gym, having yeah. crazy body image issues, and then deciding this is uh, going to a clinic, getting a diagnosis that you're like don't want and don't want to embrace, <clears throat> dabbling in some antidepressants and shit like that, and you're like, hey, I'm going to take control of my life. I'm going to just start eating again regular and fucking – Four days later, you're three days later, you're fucked. You weren't you weren't able to just like yeah. after three years of abuse, you weren't able to just be like, okay, I'm gonna eat normal again. You get home from the hospital. Now what happens? Um, I was terrified to eat, like terrified. So it took probably like a couple weeks to kind of get back into like I'm eating regular meals. Would you just smoothies blend it? I'd blend everything. I yeah, I had a lot of a lot of liquid stuff, a lot of like small volume. Like I was just kind of like scared that something was gonna happen, and then like 
honestly for like a year after that like any like the smallest stomach pain i would like freak out yeah um but i mean eventually it kind of like kind of like led back into like eating regular and i was it's kind of like you know like an adult doesn't take care of their body they have a heart attack and it's like okay i'm gonna be healthy now did you like, did, have to did you ever purge again or that was it um sometimes yeah you did. so so in that year after coming back from the hospital even though you had claimed that that was your last one you still yeah. backslid a little bit every once in a while and it was like but it became more disappointing that's only two years ago yeah you're only 21 21 yeah this shit it's like all well, and, and this well, is all new still and what would the reason for the purge be after that would it be because you were upset with what you ate or there was a pain or what was the reason for it um being upset about what I ate so after that like it was sort of when I like took fitness a little bit more seriously like learned a lot about nutrition um and then it would have to be like something pretty extreme that like if I was really upset with myself like I shouldn't have eaten that and it was kind of like that was like my like last resort like I, I just don't want this in my body and then um sort of and that's sort of when I like I felt myself kind of feel like maybe like I don't want to backslide into that like I don't I don't want to get, go back to that in like any capacity and I need I need some kind of big change something to like keep me away how about that. get on the how about how about eat something you don't like god I'm gonna probably get yelled at for this but how about eat something you don't like um on accident you know what I mean like you're out with some friends and you and you have a you have a you have a hamburger you know right. what I mean you have a Big Mac you know what I mean it's got yeah. an extra piece of bread in the middle and some fries and a shake why come home and throw it? Why not get on the assault bike and ride it for 20 minutes? I don't know. That was, I, I mean. Uh, do you do that now? Um. What do you say? Well, to now, now is like a whole different world. Like I can't even mm -hmm. really compare it because like it I don't. It is. Wow. This is great. So, it really is a whole different world. Yeah. It seems like not very long ago. Like I'm and having I, trouble buying that like you could have made that. I kind of feel like that's probably why I'm so comfortable talking about it because I, I feel like I'm a little bit removed from it. But I, I felt myself sort of like. I didn't want to go back to that. I kind of felt like if I didn't do something like drastic, like some sort of like big lifestyle change or like chose to do something like get into marathon running or like get mm -hmm. into biking or start doing CrossFit that I like, I didn't want to resort back to that. And that's when I, it was around like Christmas time that I was like, okay, like I'm going to go sign up at this affiliate. Um, and I did. And I was very at, fortunate. At, at 19. This no, is I would have been 20. Okay. 20 the year the year that i turned 21 so january january 2017 so between when you get home from the hospital you're scared enough that you're not vomiting every day but you're still dabbling it probably only happened like a handful of times in like the remainder of that year okay but there was never any relapse where you're like i'm gonna keep doing this it, it was wasn't it wasn't like a multiple times a day it wasn't like an all the time it wasn't like and you're going to the gym and doing leg press and and like lap pull and, down and oh uh, well it's funny because I, I would do some of like the crossfit type stuff at the global gym because like that's sort of what i knew from from training with my friend back in the day so like i did dumbbell snatches all the time yeah. because that's what we had those are fun yeah, yeah. those are really fun yeah, so it was it was kind of it was kind of nice going into like 17.1 when it was announced so i was like oh i know how to do this like that's okay <laughs> um but i was very fortunate that when i joined that crossfit affiliate um there were like a core group of people that took CrossFit very seriously, who loved it. Some of them had aspirations to compete and I became friends with them really quickly. Um, so I, it wasn't like a gradual slide into this world. It was like, 
hey, you're going to be a part of like this group and we're just going to like dump you into the deep end of this CrossFit world. And not just in like the fitness and the open and, and all of that, but like researching in the nutrition behind it and researching into like the character development and like reading all of these books and listening to like every podcast possible and like good really, idea, good idea, <laughs> like really got involved in it and fell in love with it. Um, and then did the open and that's when like eating didn't become like this everyday battle with something that I used to be addicted to, but rather like fueling the performance of what I was doing that day. Oh my God. Did you listen to that last podcast that Sevon and Matt and Eric did? They had this girl, Alexandria Tolton on and she thinks she cured herself of bulimia, but she just replaced it with CrossFit. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, think if you're kissing, I have no like, idea how psychological shit works. I've never been to a shrink, but that's what I'm thinking. Like everyone's going to say, she's just replaced her. She found an outlet. She's trying to, yeah, yeah, but it, but it's going to come back. Like but it's I there, think, it's there below you. Like, I think you know what I mean. Like, well, it's like, it's kind of like. Sorry, you know, I know okay. this is your story, but it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, you've been talking a lot this show. I got a lot to say. So I think it's similar to what Gary says about the fat man. You know, like he's it's gone, but it never really leaves. Yeah. You know, like he I used to be fair. horribly overweight, but still that image. But like, image I can on. I can go to like. If I like go get coffee at a cafe, I can like have a cookie and be okay with it. And I don't think if it was something that I was going to go back to, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Um, and where it sort of changes, like, yeah, I guess you could say like fitness replaced that. But I think that's regular. Like if you're addicted to alcohol, most people replace it with something healthier. Like that's a, I think that's acceptable. Um, what made the difference is learning about the like who are you and who do you want to be and what do you want to stand for and like all of the really important stuff behind the scenes and like really falling into that side of it. Um, listening to people and learning from people like Mark Devine and, and listen to them talk about sort about, of the psychology about. of, do I say it? Are you about, Canadian? About. I, th um, I think it sounds like your relationship with food has developed. Like you, like yeah. you understand more. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, just knowing more, like understanding, like you need to eat fats and carbs like you need to like that's not an optional thing where when I was younger, it was kind of like, hey, there's all of this food and just like eat the stuff that you want to eat. And if that's just protein, then it's just protein. And like, I thought that was OK, where now I understand like replacing glycogen stores and understanding how muscle proteins like manufacture muscle strength like it's so that's just, kind of replaced you chasing body image um i wouldn't say body image i would say like yeah i guess so because that's like chasing you're... performance rather than chasing body image but because that's what it was your is... sophomore year in high school right it was body image it was just like yeah hey, i don't like the way my body's presenting to the world and it yeah it was like i don't care about how my body feels i just want to look good where right. now it's like if I, if it's not that I don't care how I look, I mean, I think everybody to a certain capacity cares of, of like the way that they appear. Mm -hmm. But if I don't focus on that, if I just focus on my uh, performance, then uh, like that just sort of comes as a side effect. Yeah, don't make that the primary driver. What were you yeah. going to say about Mark Devine? You, you were going down you, something you learned um, from. I read, I read a couple of his books. I read, I mean, in like the last year, I think I've read like 30 books. Just the whole. You and Dave Castro beat me to it. <laughs> The whole concept of like... Just ask him, he'll tell you. 
like who are you like who do you want to be remembered by like that i've n i've never asked myself that question and in my mind it was like i'm hard working but i never did anything that like would be representative of that and his idea and uh, i mean everybody talks about this it's not just him but um the idea of like you you are what you do and i was what i was doing and now i am what i do but what i'm doing is representative of, of who i actually want to be um and looking at who i am as as a representation of of like what i'm what i'm doing the way that i'm living my life uh, where before I think I, pe I pegged all of my value on, like, the way that I look. Well, you made a huge stride by coming on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Goal, you, you just can sit back and relax for 10 years. These are some big loft. That's a lofty seat you're in. Your goal <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. Where do you go from here? I don't know if I know what I want to do or how I want to be remembered as. Yeah, I had I had a very eerie thought at some point asking myself like man like is this the way that i'm gonna be when i'm 30 oh I was... and thinking like what if i have kids that's when you wrote that when you wrote that here when i asked you yeah. do you have a blog and you said no and then you wrote this that stuck out to me the most what like what how can i be like this and be a mother i think you used yeah. the word mother yeah that's a powerful uh if i couldn't fix fix this what would my life be when I was 30, 65, a mother. And so two of the, two of those are ages, but one of those is yeah. a persona, a, I, a, a, a mother's a responsibility. And I didn't see myself, I couldn't see myself still doing that. Do you want kids? Um, Eventually, yeah. I think, I think I'm like too far removed from a place that like, or a time that I would want kids that I can't really like even yeah, conceptualize what that 20, would be like. You're 20 but, years away. Same. Yeah. Uh, was there any damage that you did to your um, to Alexandria that's that's through that three years process that's um, like physical damage that's not repairable? Like, did you did you bend the frame of your car at all? Um, I I would have a really hard time believing that I didn't. Not in like day to day life. There's nothing that's like super noticeable to me. Um, there was a lot of like temporary damage like my hair got really thin my skin i looked like i was a ghost all the time i just looked exhausted like i was drained um how about your menses during that time god i, I think i brought up women's menses every time we've had a woman <laughs> it's a staple you're gonna start asking men pretty soon it's it's always it's been, been super normal it has that's, been that's the thing with bulimia is like you kind of carry a regular body weight like you don't become really skinny or really overweight so it's I'm like, it's really easy to kind of slide under the radar. Wait, why don't you become really skinny? Probably cause you're just super inflamed the whole time. Super that, inflamed. Yeah. She's not eating, but she's eating garbage. Yeah. But, but she's, but she, but it's not, but it's not down there. Long. Well, is I mean, you're I, not, I mean, you're not getting rid of everything. Like yeah. you are, you're like, you're consuming a lot of like the junk that you're eating and then. Right. It's not a hundred percent in a hundred percent out. It's yeah. 100% in, 50% out. Yeah, and I think it's also really important to recognize, and I and I get this now, and I never did before, like the physical stress on your body affects the way that like your body appears and the way that it functions. And I mean, like you said, like vomiting is a horrible stress on the body. Like it's painful, it's it's difficult, and it's gonna spike your cortisol levels like crazy. It makes you like hold on to weight. It makes you mentally drained, which is going to make you even more stressed, which is going to make you hold on to even more weight. Like it's sort of just like a downward 
spiral of the negative impacts of it. The same way that when somebody starts doing CrossFit and eating right and making healthy lifestyle choices, it's like a spiral upwards and all everything sort of just kind of comes together and gets better. It's the same thing, but the opposite direction. Very well said. Thank you. <laughs> Good question too, Savan. Nice change on the uh, camera, Eric. It's 1219. Do you mind if we take a three minute break for our sponsors? Do you have sponsors? No. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get one? I was very responsible about the money that I spent at the games. No, these were free. Oh, really? Yeah. I got, I wanted one pair of shorts. I got the pair of shorts. And what else did I get? You're a very responsible person, though, period. Yeah, you are. I am. I am. You're like more adult than Man, I. Man, every, every time more my mom gets mad at me, I'm like, you don't know how good you have it. <laughs> I'm so responsible. Um, that was like, that was a big part of like kind of the upswing of things too, was that like it made me way more dedicated to school. It made me like way more responsible in like every facet of my life because mm. it was like, okay, I had all of these goals that I always wanted to do and then I like kind of got sidetracked by all this crap and now like I feel really good. I'm coming back to it and I was like, why can't I do that stuff still? Mm-hmm. So like I my average went up more than twenty percent. What do you mean? What do you mean? Your average GPA? My grade average. Oh, I don't. I don't 20, know. Twenty percent. Side note here. In the, Canada, it's like out of a hundred percent. The side note here: the whole grade nine, grade ten thing always throws me for a loop. What do you mean? It's tenth grade. It's eleventh grade. Twelfth grade. That's what, what we call them. What do they call? That them? was like at the coffee place this grade morning. Nine. The girl gave me pennies <laughs> back as change, and so, I like looked at her. I was like, "Is this a joke?" Oh, you guys don't have pennies. And anymore. she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, never mind. Sorry." You yeah, got, we, don't, we don't have pennies. You got rid of the penny. No pennies. Yeah, that's smart. It's a convenient life. Change in general. Yeah, just awesome. do away with it all. Are, do you guys do kilometers? Yeah. Yeah, we don't even do that. Look at all these text messages pouring in yeah. while we're on this podcast. Actually, I have a really funny funny story for you guys. Hmm. We're in a really sad part of your journey. Are you sure you want to that? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, kind of, it's like the eye of the storm, right? Okay, go ahead. Tell your funny story. Um, Is there nudity? No. Right. It's about Dave Castro, though. Oh, perfect. That makes you feel better. Yeah, it does. Um, so I was packing to go to the games, leaving like the night before. Uh, my boyfriend came over, who I'm still with. Congratulations. Um, thank you. He was like reading out my packing list and like oh, making sure that I had weird. it. You're 21. You don't need a fucking packing. Oh, list. it was an Excel spreadsheet and everything. Jesus. It was intense. Um, and at the bottom of it said resume and cover letter, and he was like, "Why? Why are you bringing a resume and cover letter?" And I was like. Like I forgot that was on there. Like I didn't. Like I was almost like kind of like embarrassed that he saw it. And I was like, I um, put a resume on a USB. And he was like, Why? And I was like, Because if I meet Dave Castro, I want to ask him for a job at CrossFit. Wow. <laughs> and he was like, What? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, So the cover letter is a de- address to Dave Castro. I'm like, Yeah. Is that weird? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah. And I was like, Well, I don't know. Like I think why not? You're it ambitious. Would be cool. Yeah. But I never met Dave. What would the uh, what would what position did you want? It was just general, generalized. It was just like, hey, so I want, a lot of I want, I want to work for a company that I give a crap about. He's always looking for on-site assistance. Always, I think. I don't He's particularly never told... know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. But like, <laughs> but like if you see like he, he just somebody to be on call whenever he needs something. Yeah, basically Pretty much. Like at the games he'll have like eight or nine people around him. Yeah. Maybe three people, maybe one person. But there's always someone he can be like, Hey, I need that cone moved, I need that move, go get me those people, bring me this. I mean, he's um always in motion. Yeah, even yeah. if you're doing something else. 
and you're within like that purview. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey. Yeah, he'll give anyone <laughs> orders to do anything. But I mean, he's a perfectionist, so he's always like, he's tinkering. Yeah. Always like making the open better while he's there live in motion, yeah. the games. No matter how planned he is, he's changing, he's shifting, he's, and so. That's awesome. I mean, that's his job. Yeah. He's good at it, so. Oh, he's amazing at sense. it. Um, so, uh, you know, he has a book coming out. Uh, I did not know that. It's I didn't know that it was like actually coming out. Oh, like okay. I've I've heard you guys kind of talk about oh, it or good. write about it. Everyone I was like kind of not listening to the dropping podcast. it. Thank you in for like listening. little places. I actually don't know if it's coming out either. No, it's coming out. I there, the, the, there's it, the ball's in motion. Yeah, um, I was telling Eric though. I I like I, I graduate this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was originally planning on doing my MBA right away, but have this job opportunity for when I graduate now for in in the states actually. Um, so. I mean, my resume and cover letter for we don't want you is going to have to wait. Taking our job. <laughs> going to have to wait. Oh. Where, 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 is, where is the job? Detroit? Uh, yeah. At an automotive company. Nice. Or, well, yeah, automotive consulting. Um, I, I have worked in automotive manufacturing for the last couple of years in sales and marketing. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a logical jump. And I don't know. I like it as boring as it may seem. 21 and you already have like real jobs why don't you just get a job like at starbucks and get some health insurance and no way man uh, you know it's i kind of credit my mom for that too she always told me like get a job that's going to mean something for your future it's going to like you're going to learn something you're going to do something that's going to contribute to where you want to be in 10 years don't work at mcdonald's don't waste you could learn shit there though yeah but i'm not going to learn like i worked in the ins and outs of artificial intelligence or something um one day yeah, so I'm excited about that. But these are my smart glasses today. This is like the no fun show. When I, I was wear getting, these, when I wear these, the show is going to be no. I was fun. getting so over the ones you've worn for the last two, like the gray ribbons ones that are kind of like cat eyes. Oh, really? You were over those? Yeah, I can't stand looking at your face when you wear them. <laughs> I can't believe how many compliments I get on those, and finally someone's honest to me about them. <laughs> I think everybody's just lying to you. You should have just asked them to take them off. That's probably the most valuable lesson that I've learned is like just. Ask for what you want. Oh, I thought you were going to say listen to Matt. No. Yeah, okay. But that too. That, that can be number two if you want to. Be. <laughs> um, but that was sort of like my premise and behind doing that is like just ask for it. Like not nobody else would have walked up to him and handed him a USB and said like, hey, I want you to take a look at this. It's a letter addressed to you about why I want to work for your company. And that's, that's what I, that's how I got the job that I have lined up for when I graduate. I met the CEO and I asked him. He was like, yeah, I want you to come work here. I think you're great. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, you can leave it here and I'll make sure he gets it. I do not have it. Oh. Oh. That would have been perfect. You, you would, you would, you would, if you, if you did get a job for CrossFit Inc., with CrossFit Inc., you'd, like everyone else in the company, eventually want to just come work for media. <laughs> but I appreciate Is that you, the way that it works? I appreciate you wanting to take the long, the long <laughs> path here. So, back to the story at hand. I know this is this is a lot to do in, in, in less than two hours, but what happens between the ages of 19 after you have that hospital visit, after you pull out, and where you're sitting right now? Um, Across the desk from Matt. A lot of nothing. A lot of like not really knowing what to do with my life and being really discouraged and thinking that I couldn't do what I wanted to. Like, I never truly sat down and thought like okay what do I want to do and it was just sort of like a really slow haul of like what's my life going to be like for the last three years my life has been completely defined by like pretty much wasting time dealing 
with all of that stuff and not really like kind of losing track of like what do I want to do for a career where do I want to live and sort of all of a sudden needing to decide those things especially because I was already in university and I was already sort of on a, a path that wasn't yet really leading anybody anywhere and business degrees are notorious for that like if you don't if you don't know what you want to do with it you're not going to do anything with it mm-hmm. but if you know what you want to do with it it's going to work really well to your advantage so um i worked really hard to kind of like figure out what are my options and just sort of like f- like learning about little things here and there and i had that job in manufacturing so i was learning about that and really enjoying certain aspects of it um and at some point sort of through this idea of figuring out what i wanted kind of realizing like why can't i do exactly what i want to do because i was so sort of bogged down and lacked the confidence that i once had and was very insecure and kind of like i don't know that i can do these things anymore i don't know and your know. brain is working fine like you're having clear thoughts at this point you've started yeah. eating again yeah definitely um and then going back to school that that following semester the semester that started in that september just sort of thinking like okay i need to like i need to get back to where like i want to be or at least start on a path that's going to lead me to where i want to be so took school more seriously um me and my mom discussed like let's just try to get like a 75 average like that's doable and in my head i was kind of thinking like that's like that's that's it like that's that's all i'm going to strive for sort of Mm -hmm. thing um but i'm glad that i like kind of did it slowly because i think i would have gotten overwhelmed doing it at first um and just starting to like not work out seriously but like be more active, sort of get more involved with my friends' lives. I had sort of fallen out of touch with all of them. Um, I had just gotten out of a relatively serious relationship that like that kind of pulled me away from my life too. Um, I traveled a little bit. I went to Iceland. I like did a little bit of kind of like exploring and figuring out what I wanted. When you were were bulimic, did you only vomit at home? No. No. So like when you were in Iceland, did you do it? No. No, no. that was that was after the, okay. after the fact. So th- now your brain's working. You're starting to get a hold on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so this would be probably about a year after that. Okay. Ish. So you're 20 um, years old. And you, you, you haven't started CrossFit Windsor yet? No. Okay. No. Um. So <clears throat> I, I had sort of like gotten I'd like outside of like fitness and nutrition sort of like the more like what am I doing with school and work and my friends and my family and all of that sort of had that stuff in line and it was kind of like well I just felt a little bit like unfulfilled like I didn't really have like a passion I didn't have something to like pour myself into and I am very much that way that like when I when I do something Mm -hmm. I pour myself into it and I wanted something like that but I had no idea what um and then figured thinking like I should probably start doing something like routinely as like a fitness routine and I was like CrossFit made sense because it was you know go to like the one hour class a day and it was controlled I didn't have to worry about it show up at 6 30 somebody give tells me what to do for the hour and like that fit with my life really well um and then sort of by coincidence and not design when I got there and fell into that group of friends that were there it became like go to that one hour class and then like hang out after and then do an extra couple workouts. And then I became really good friends with 
sort of the head coach there and he was like you know like you could be good at this like you're picking it up really well you have a decent strength foundation like I like I think you could do well if you really like push for it and like learned how to do the gymnastic stuff and nobody had ever really like said something like that to me like I had always been like okay at everything but never like good at something especially in like a sports environment um so that was intriguing and it made it made me want to like work hard just to try like let's just see what I could do um and I hadn't really done anything at that point and like picked up on things really quickly uh and and loved it and then just sort of fell into that whole world and then before I knew it like this was the really cool thing that I was passionate about and pouring myself into you had you had so you had a grip on on the eating situation even before you came to CrossFit. Yeah, but I kind of felt like with sort of a lack of lack of something to be passionate about, like a sort of like a bit of like a lack of purpose, so to speak. I kind of felt like if I didn't find something, I would just kind of like get lazy about it and like sort of slip mm-hmm. back. And, and I was fearful of that happening, and that's when I was like, I need I need to do something. That's when I signed up. And has that fear subsided now that you're doing CrossFit? Yeah. It's it's. Has CrossFit fully consumed you? I guess not. You're still pursuing your job. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any like... Um, School, I would say... Do you have any delu- delusions that you're going to go to the games? No. Okay. No. Um, that's fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's... I, I, I think was there getting, are a lot of I, people that do, so... I was getting nervous when you said my, my coach said I was pretty good at it. Those people aren't pretty no. good at it. But the way Those that I look at it like, is like, I, I enjoy doing it. Um, I enjoy, like, I want to be good at it. I don't want to be professional at it. Right, right. I just want to be able to, like, go into a workout and know, like, I can do whatever's written on the board. And while you're young, it it, it is going to be fun in the next three years or four years, however big your window is, to see your body express itself in its fittest form it possibly could. Yeah. And you Mm -hmm. can do that with CrossFit Mm -hmm. without being a professional athlete. Yeah, but for, I mean, foremost, I'm a student first. Uh-huh. School takes priority over everything to me. And when I graduate, my work will take priority. Um, and then I'd say secondarily, uh, CrossFit. And like my my friends and family, depending on the day, would come before or after that. Do the people in the gym know about your story at all? No. No. Um, I told my coach before I came very briefly not like the story, but sort of like why why I was coming here. Um, but like I said, I I have no problem telling anybody, but it's not going to be like we're warming up for five minutes and be like, hey, guess what? Like, yeah, casual conversation. You can't yeah. you can't bring it up without explaining it, and it's hard to be in an environment where you can't explain it. Yeah, I think even after two hours, I don't even like of speaking with you. Like, yeah, um, it's totally. It's way more intense than than anything that I ever thought. Just like by from talking to you, you know what I mean. It's yeah. not like, um, it's not like feeling bad for eating ice cream and riding the assault bike. It's something, no, way more intense. So it seems it's whole consuming. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't realize mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's whole consuming. It's Thank like you, I, I could walk around my day. I could go to high school. I could go hang out with my friends, and like at no point was I paying attention to what I was doing. I was constantly thinking about like when's the next time I'm going to eat what am I going to eat am I freaking out about the last thing I ate like mm-hmm. and when I get home like are, if my parents are making dinner like is that going to be something that I can eat like it was just like constantly obsessing over that and like worrying about it so it was like 
think of like the most stressful moment in your life when you're like so overwhelmed with work or family or whatever it is like that 24 hours a day for three years exhausting does is there is there a point when this just fades so far like you make so much um distance between this these years and who you are that it that it almost fades away like it didn't even exist um i don't think so i don't think so i mean it, it was a really significant period of time and because it was so emotionally and and physically stressful it's not really something that you like easily let go of or easily forget. Right, right. And day to day, like I'm, I'm pretty meticulous about my nutrition now, but it's a product of that. Mm. It's, it's making sure like I'm fearful of under eating just as, just as I am fearful of, of overeating because I don't want to put my body in that place. And like, I count my macros and weigh my food and I, I do kind of the whole nine yards. Um, but I'm so much more self-aware that I don't think it would be an issue. Like if me and my friends are going out and they want to order nachos, like I don't care if they order nachos, but I'm probably not going to eat them because I just like, I'm not depriving myself. It's just like, I know that it's not worth the way I'm going to feel after. And I'm just kind of like desensitized to that now. Like I just, it's not, it doesn't bother me. But at the same time, like if I want them, then I'm going to have them and I'm not going to feel bad about it. But you weigh them and measure them? No. Oh. <laughs> no. I said that the other day in the gym. I would so. say I, I like weigh and measure like 75% of. Did you bring a scale with you on this trip? No. Oh. I, I, was go- I was going to, but I don't know. With traveling, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, a lot of people say like nutrition when they travel sort of like just flies out the window. I actually find it's easier because you're it's. Limited. Yeah. You're limited and like. It's, it's more structured. It's like, okay, if I'm having this meal, I need like a carb, a protein, and a fat. Like what's available to me, these three things, easy, done, kind of move on. Where it's different, like if I go on a weekend trip with my friends, then it's like we're going out to eat at like a kind of like a, a, a restaurant that I know I'm not going to get like good food at. But that's like out of my control. If what's available to me is that, then that's what I'll have. And that's not the end of the world because I know that 90% of the time it's what I should be eating flying it flying is we- weird that that snack container that they bring around the only thing I'll ever eat in there is like I'll get a banana <laughs> on flights yeah and then maybe yeah. I'll, I'll only eat half the banana but it that 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 bag is weird don't you think yeah I try to stay away that I, yeah, I, I don't I don't eat the I try airplane to eat food. as little as possible when I'm in the air especially if it's a long flight I feel like it helps with the yeah. jet lag but still yeah it's like traveling just messes. almonds and apples this messes with me nutritionally. Like I know whenever I travel, it's always going to be like, well, it's going to take a couple days to bounce back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's just me. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's obviously not going to be as close as it is when you're like at home and in your environment, but it's not stressful to me anymore. We're like going on a trip used to be like the most stressful thing because I didn't know what was going to happen. What would you like to share? It it sounds like you've come out the other side of this journey. Mm Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's like um, a second ago when we took a break, Matt's like, fuck, we're going to get tore up for this show because <laughs> we're just so ignorant on the subject. I told him, don't worry, we're ignorant on every subject. Uh, uh, is, is that what's happened? Are you out the other side? Do people relapse? 
um, to to bulimia? Is it something that chases people down? Like, what what are what's the general rule of thumb? Like alcoholism, you hear like people have to try like eighteen times quitting, or cigarettes, you know, seventeen times quitting um, before they like hit rock bottom and they get and they and they they really yeah. quit. I think that's fair to say, but I think like the the like relapsing, so to speak, would be all the times I said like this is the last time I'm gonna do it, and I do it again. Where now I think I'm far enough removed from it that. I don't like. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I don't want to say that. And like, I. I, I don't know. Is, but, is bulimia a young person's? Um, is it a disease? Would you call it a disease? Ailment. I wouldn't. Okay. I would call it a condition. But I think that might be a controversial opinion. Okay. Because I think a lot of people look at it as a mental illness. Okay. Um, and I think that for more people, it's more of like a clinical thing than it was for me. Is it a young person's? I think it's definitely more situation? common for young people for sure i don't i don't think that i wouldn't say like anything is off limits to any human being though i mean you could become an you could become addicted to alcohol when you're an adult you know can you spot a bulimic kind of you can yeah there's like traits you Um, recognize them there's been a couple people that i know from from high school and from like university and things where i've noticed their behavior and said like something's wrong something's off and then like in the future find out that i was right um but i think like i said like bulimia is kind of easy to hide like it's it can fly under the radar because for the most part you appear very normal in in an everyday setting going back to in the beginning show we talked about um passing this on like do you did someone show you is that I, i forget did we determine that that someone showed you this? This I think, lifestyle. I think it, initially it was introduced to me as an option by somebody else, mm-hmm. and then I kind of like ran away with it. So I, I wouldn't by any means put the responsibility on them. Okay. Did you introduce anyone to it? No. Okay. I, I was I was very secretive about it. Okay. I was gonna say you should go back and unfuck them, <laughs> and then you could be like, I I I'm don't done. I don't think I would have been comfortable. Like, I wasn't comfortable having a conversation about it with anybody, let alone saying anything along those lines. Um, what I think is really important for people to understand is that anything that's abnormal with eating is technically considered an eating disorder. And there are so many girls that are under eating and think they're eating too much. And that's horrible. Like, girls in high school and girls in university, I mean, I don't want to put an, an age parameter on it, but typically speaking, it's usually younger girls that want to look like the girls on Instagram, and they want to be thinner or be as thin as their best friend, and they're eating very little and are being told or think that they're eating too much, and it that may not clinically be considered an eating disorder but like that's a, still a problem mm-hmm. and i think it's really important that if anybody were to get anything out of what i've experienced is that you like you can't live your life like that you can't and i think it's really important rather than rather than thinking about it when you land yourself in the hospital think about it now do you want your life to be like that when you're 30 years old or a mother? Do you want your kids to look up to you and think like, why aren't you eating dinner with me? And you aren't ruling out the the possibility that you did permanent damage. That's another, no, I, I that's, think, that's another reason why people should stop that shit I think now. it would be impossible for my body to not be somewhat like there. 
some you don't you don't you don't put your body through that and and not have some kind of physical price for it on the other end there's people who become so obese right like like we had uh uh danny rain on here yesterday okay. and she she'd put on 127 pounds on a on a 150 pound body 140 right. pound body whatever her weight is and um she was talking about all the extra skin she has now mm-hmm. that basically you can't go that far out in one direction and not have left some sort of permanent mark on your body right and, and you went the other way yeah essentially um, a lot of it is internal, though. I mean, right, right. I, I, you're not if, seeing it on the outside, you're seeing, but something on the inside. Some organs maybe have damaged, or some of the digestive. Process yeah, it's it's like so hard on your digestive system. I mean, I I would have a hard time believing that there wasn't something that was off there, um, and it impacts your hormone levels a lot, like a lot. But you still had your menses regularly. Uh, I, f- regularly, as far as time goes, but I mean, they were always kind of abnormal. It would be like a day two days which i didn't think was was normal at the time but it never didn't come gotcha um but i i think that is common for for some people do you see those yellow things down there that they're putting down outside the podcast room mm-hmm. are they going to leave those there is, are those supposed to be those things the lines yeah see, no those yellow pads they're like mm. you know when you go to cross the street somewhere they put those yellow things with yeah. the bumps on it I feel like I've talked about this before. I fucking hate those things. Why don't we just go get them? Because they're supposed to help. <laughs> I think they're supposed to help blind people. Put them in the gym. But the fact is, is they're fucking dangerous. So there was this blind man, Why right? are they dangerous? Because when they're wet, they're slippery as oh. fuck. That's not going to help a blind person, is it? No, and I've crashed on my bike crossing over one of those. I don't know, man. Yeah, they're doing all sorts of stuff here. I never thought I'd see. On your bike? Your motorcycle? Donor cycle? Oh, ouch. Yeah, that's what my mom calls them. She, right. she used to work in the emergency room in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And she said like half the cases that would come in were people on donor cycles. Just wear your helmet, okay? I talked to someone Please. the other and day elbow pads. about um, uh, prosthetics. And they said uh, 90% of their businesses type 2 diabetes amputations and 10% is motorcycle. That's like, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was a crazy journey. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I felt like we covered a fair amount. Unfortunately, you didn't cry, but I do think that we got... <laughs> Did you want me to cry? Always, every game. We, 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 we've only had two people cry on the show. And if you both... pinch me hard enough, I'll probably tear yeah, up. They were kicker. They were both men. Really? Men? Yeah, we've oh. only... Uh, uh, I, I get it. I'd give him a cry for Danny. No, day. she didn't. I was watching. I was watching so close. You don't give that a cry? No, wouldn't a cry. Um... But I think that we covered a, a a nice spectrum of this from the superficial aspects of eating disorder to some of the deeper, more consequential, life-altering stuff. I feel much more informed than when I walked in the room. And um, I learned a lot. I'm slightly fearful of the YouTube comments because it is such a sensitive topic, and people it are going to be really it's, passionate it's about really it. It's really difficult, and I think I, I avoid speaking about it partly for that reason. Um, because there's always somebody that like, you never know how, what you say impacts other people. So I, um, it's hard. I'm going to finish the show with this. So we, we, we had Mariah Moore on here the other day. She's a director, editor, and producer of two documentaries that we've made. And Marston, she was sitting there, I think in the schoolboy desk, Marston was there and Heber was there. Schoolboy or girl desk or girl (laughs) desk. Yeah. And someone, um, and I was asking her about this, all the equipment she took to 
Australia when she went to go film with Tia Toomey. Mm -hmm. And I said, and, and you carried all that shit by yourself? And someone in the YouTube comments said, you would never ask Marsden that, which is calling That's me. That's a stretch. Yeah, which is, <laughs> yeah, which is calling me sexist. It's, it, and and I, I just, I just want to be like, when someone projects that onto me, all I think is, is that you're sexist. Like, because of yeah, because you didn't think anything of it. Not in a fucking million years. She was carrying two Pelican cases, her own luggage, yeah. and I'm tr and I'm picturing it in my head, and I'm thinking, how would I have done that? And yeah. Mariah lifts more than me yeah, so you probably in the gym have. every single day, and Mariah has flat out walked up to me and called me a pussy for how much I weigh. <laughs> and um, it's insane. So so I. I don't know how I got on this tangent, but those of you who are out there who are accusing people of being sexist because it's the end thing to do, just remember that when you do that, you're revealing that you are actually the one who's sexist. You're the one who projected onto me that I saw a difference between her being a man and a woman, which actually I do see the difference between men and women, but mm -hmm. but but not based not on how much they can carry. No, fuck no. All the women in this building can carry more than me. Not all. Maybe there's a couple. I'd say a pretty strong percentage of them. Go fuck yourself. There's some <laughs> new chicks who I could fucking smash in here, but... Um, <laughs> And some old dudes. I think all the old dudes older than me. Well, let's just say there's there's a few. There's a few kids. I think Did I they beat you in eighteen point one though? I don't know. I think I can beat Joe Novella and Bruce. Are well, you gonna tell us your score? Yeah, what was your score? It's just, just wait for it. Just, just wait for it. <gasps> Google it. Oh, putting on blast. Did you redo it or did you just do it once? No, I did it like at three fifty. Oh really? I did it with like an hour. Oh, you're such a dude. I redid it. <laughs> you're such a dude. I redid it and I was like in the air. Not even yet touched the bar for my first toast bar, and I was like, "Why am I doing this again?" <laughs> oh, you did it twice. Yeah, did you I do actually better? Did... I added thirty six reps. Nice. So I was pretty happy. The only reason I redid it, like I was happy with my score the first time, honestly, like number wise, I would have been happy with that. But at like twelve minutes, I was like, "I'm so disappointed in the effort that I'm putting in this right now." No. Oh. I like I was just not I was not given it, and th like that far into it, I just didn't have like enough left to like really really give it and as soon as i was done i was like i need to do this again or i'm gonna never be, i'm gonna be disappointed had that thought in a workout i'm really disappointed <laughs> that given. ever i don't I, know it had I, I just didn't i didn't do it and i don't think i understood like the pace that i should have gone on because i like i came out pretty fast and then i had to like slow myself down and then when i like slowed myself down i didn't really have enough to like bring it back up and then i didn't really push it until like the last round and i was like i I messed that up. I got pissed. That sounds like your personality. You are, you're going to go places. You're very ambitious. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mine's like just survive and fucking sneak out and get mm. in your car no and way, go man. home. I'm if I, I have a calendar. <laughs> this is this is going to sound insane. Insane. It's going to confirm your type A personality <laughs> comment. I have a calendar that I made out of like a Bristol board and freaking Sharpie hanging on my closet and has all 12 months every day of the year. And if I like feel proud of my day, and whatever I did that day, like I feel like I gave it everything that I had, like my effort and like in the gym, in school, like I did what I needed to do. Um, I'll put like a red X on, on the day. And if I don't, I won't do it. And like, it really bothers me to not be able to put that red X on the day. Oh, so I do it's it. It's like accountability. God, I, really, yeah. I really hope today gets a red X. Like I just want to, I just want to yeah, be like. Yeah, today get a red X? Have you, it's, it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's one o'clock. Did you already get your red X? That's like. That's the most important thing to me is like when I go to bed at the end of the day, I just want to be proud of myself. You're not a, you don't chase, you're not a, um, you're not a, uh, like a boy chaser. I have a boyfriend. I know, but like, that's not like part of your like, um, you know, like some people go through that phases, like where they're boy chasers or girl chasers. I think I went through that phase, you but 
I think it was it was the same as like an adolescent girl. Like you just want attention, and then I kind of grew out of it. I think you missed it because you were bulimic. I think I missed a lot because I was bulimic. <laughs> yeah, you were like in that fog. Yeah, yeah. I miss I missed out on a lot of things, but I'm I think that's one that I'm kind of grateful that I did never really like fell into that. That, uh, like, trap of being, like, the teenage girl that's obsessed with boys. And you didn't get pregnant at a young age. Yeah. And and now I have a wonderful boyfriend who I adore, so I think I'm glad. I'm glad that I missed that because it kind of led me to where I am now. Have you ever met any bulimic men? No. No, I haven't. Good question. That is a good question. Yeah. I think. Although, I like, it's, I don't know, like, some, maybe I have and I don't know, of course. Yeah. You'd know. I don't think it's as recognizable. Like I recognize traits in in girls because I can relate to them and I kind of see things from that perspective. But I don't know that I would recognize it in a in a man. <laughs> he picked up on that. <laughs> All right, thank you. That's not bad though. Oh, it's it's that's not bad. Thank you. Hey, it's you not know what? bad, Savon. Thank Sorry. you. Maybe that that was not right. The right thing no, to that say. That was great. Thank I'm you. I'm that pissed because right I did impressive. more reps than Kara, but I lost to her. That's what I'm not happy. How's about. that? She did more Be rounds. What? Oh, oh, because oh, the 14 no. calorie. Yeah. Thing? <laughs> oh, I I I did I did all the I did the first. Uh, Five sets to toes to bars unbroken. Then I did six and two. I I, I was pretty slow on that. You're the, the first five unbroken. Yeah, that's impressive. I did the I did the um, clean and jerks just slow. I did five. I set it down. Yeah, you could have gone faster. I made that mistake the that first time I did it. That wasn't the. I came down there early on, like eight minutes in, and I was like, yeah, you could probably do a little more on those. So you don't think I, if I was a red Xer, I didn't shouldn't red X myself yesterday? It would be a light red X. See, I was oh. the opposite. My toes to bar were real broken up and real slow, and then I just went as fast as I could on the rest of the stuff. Well, my core, I, I have like a Superman abs. Yeah, you're just Superman, <laughs> period. I have like Annie Thor's daughter abs. Okay, Eric. Eric. Thank you. Land the plane. That sounds like a... We don't have an intro, but we have an outro. Is that new? That's like a 737. You've just never made it to the end of the show. (laughs) Nobody listens to the end of the show. Actually, there's been a couple people.